Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again for coming to Barnes Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network at www.patriotjournalist.com. And we got an interesting show tonight, and uh, we are going to be talking about a number of things. First, of course, as you uh, have heard in the news, that recently the North Koreans. Kim Jong-un, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm just making fun of his name. But anyway, <laughs> has threatened Guam and the areas around it, or namely the areas around Guam and Guam itself, where we have some military bases there. And so, of course, in the strong response, uh, maybe a little, I, I wouldn't say too strong by Donald Trump. Uh, one thing he did say that, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to ask him for clarification is when he stated that they all, you know, North Korea was the, as the world has never seen before, and of course, they, they see nuclear weapons, so I have no idea what Donald Trump has in mind. But perhaps that could be a segue into our topic for tonight, and that would be bringing back Ronald Reagan's Star Wars, which of course uh, was the name the liberals gave his strategic defense initiative and in trying to mock it. However, uh, if you know your history, you know that even – though it was not fully, if at all, implemented, just a mere fact or suggestion of having the strategic defense initiative uh, was uh, played a big part, at least in my opinion, in ending the Cold War, uh, because the Russians just did not think, and Gorbachev just could not think we could do anything uh, to counteract uh, SDI. And of course, we made it to the moon, which I think we should go uh, back there as well as to Mars. But anyway, so we want to definitely discuss with Dr. Tolbert, I see on the line, and we'll get you in, as we're, de- we're going to discuss not only the possibility of bringing back Star Wars in a response to the growing uh, nuclear proliferation uh, of countries such as North Korea and Iran, if it's going to happen, then, which of course we should stop, we also should be prepared if they do get them. Now, I know uh, a lot of folks think that, well, it's most probable that it would be a dirty bomb or something of that nature we need to be concerned of. But as we'll hear from Newt Gingrich later, of course not personally, I wish, uh, one day we'll get Newt on the show. But we'll have a short uh, audio. Now, to be honest, uh, the audio on that clip is not <laughs> the greatest. I mean, this is a, a clip, uh, and I'll be playing it shortly after we get um, Dr. Tolbert in, uh, that – is that made back in the 80s, of course, when they were talking about uh, the high frontier, I believe is what they called it. And, you know, perhaps, uh, Dr. Tolbert, you could tell us more on that. Uh, but we'll, uh, 
be discussing that. And thank you guys for and gals for uh, coming in. So we will hear until the, as we'll say in the audio, it's not that great because it's from a, a long time ago, but it will give you an idea. And it's also going to be a point that I'm going to make after listening to it. And we'll see if other people have, uh, you know, figured that one out or not figured it out, but, uh, you know, kind of heard it uh, and kind of make points of something that, you know, Barack Obama did and see if we can kind of tie those things together. And so that will be uh, the first topic of this evening. Of course, then we're going to, i got some articles here that you can find from the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogic. And so uh, we'll get to that. It's that article about the Seth, Seth Richard murder case, which we're just not going to let lie. I know uh, because no one's going to be boycotting us. They're threatening our, uh, you know, sponsors with everything. And frankly, right now we don't have sponsors personally with Bard's Logic. I ain't worried about it. So we will keep uh, bringing that topic up until the truth, or at least, you know, my opinion, what the truth is. And the coming of truth is the truth, no matter whose opinion. But uh, that comes out. And, of course, then we're going to hear uh, an audio later and some articles about uh, Loretta, Loretta Lynch and uh, some email problems that she may be having uh, should, could, where she's done a, conducted official business using either a different email or perhaps even a pseudonym. Uh, a pseudonym account that she uses for such business as well. We'll be discussing that. And hopefully we'll be able to get through all of that tonight, barring uh, NSA Bob not shutting us off, uh, us down early uh, like he did a couple weeks ago. Of course, that's speculation on my part. Uh, but the timing of it was interesting. So go back to our most previous episode and, of course, listen to all of it. But listen to the end. Listen to what Dr. Tolbert was talking about uh, when we – uh, were summarily just dropped uh, for this evening, which I found the timing of it incredible. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring some folks in. So let's go ahead and welcome. Uh, we've got Susan. We'll get you on the line, too. Welcome, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you, Dr. Tolbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. And I think it's an interesting subject that you're taking us back into the 1980s and the 1970s, and that would be the period of time where I served in the military, and of course, in the um, White House, I was the uh, the Army Communication Chief, which meant that all the communications at the White House that was done during the inauguration and also for setting up perimeters was supplied by the Army Signal Corps. And that at that time, I was a Master Sergeant going up for Sergeant Major, and I was responsible for Reagan's. Uh, communications, which is different than what they call today the communication director, which is the guy that gets on a telephone versus the guy that actually sets it all up. And today, our communications is much more sophisticated in the military as it was back then. But when we look at the program that you're talking about tonight, and you do research and we posted a, a lot of uh, web articles on what Reagan was doing, and we took and looked at the difference between a defensive posture and an offensive posture. And in, in what Reagan was doing, he was using terminology to make people think that they were offensively prepared to go in and attack any country that took objection to what America was doing. 
And under the program, the countries were negotiating a defense statistical uh, deployment of weapons, and the United States would not get involved. And Russia took the position, if there was not a deterrent of nuclear power, then Russia could not defeat the United States because they didn't have the financial uh, wealth in order to build uh, the the missiles, the bombs, the airplanes, and everything. Unfortunately, it was more of a facade by Reagan than an actual fact. They said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, of course, many of that did not get done. And some of the airplane right. and nuclear things that did get done were the items that are still in use today. So what does that really mean to us? Well, let's take first is that the Chinese are not part of the nuclear agreement. And I sent you a couple articles, whereas China has now far surpassed the ability of the United States to take a defensive posture that uh, China is now more of an offensive than a defensive uh, country, that they can actually strike the United States with nuclear power far easier than the United States could take an offense against or even defend against uh, China. And now you have, you're talking about a country of North Korea. Well, who's the money behind North Korea? And this is where we got into several weeks ago. We were getting into the fact that China and Russia and Venezuela are now, you know, getting all involved. So you can talk about Iran or Korea or you can talk about Venezuela, which means that the Chinese and the Russians are setting up bases, literally, in all of these smaller countries in order to take an offensive posture. So when you look at what North Korea is saying is that we own Guam, and because we own Guam, we're going to take it back that we lost it, and we should have never lost that place as we did, and we want to repossess it. And if you don't like it, we're going to take a nuclear strike to take it back. So now you got the president saying, okay, we're going to defend this. You know, and that we have the capability. Well, if you take about two hours of your time and you go in and look at the United States capability, you'll find that we don't have the capability to defend our country, nor do we have the capability to take on an offensive attack against North Korea, China, uh, or or uh, Russia. So the air that is being spoken is kind of like a tire with a nail in it. Uh, You don't have anything to ride upon. The cost for the United States to bring its position to an offensive power is multi-trillions of dollars. And the problem with that is that can only be done if Congress takes the position which differed from the position Obama had. Obama took the position if we deflate the military and not have the strong ground forces and airplanes and other means of offense, 
and we have only one or two avenues to take a defense or offensive position, that that would deter other nations. Well, we know that's not true because after eight years, no nation cares what the United States president, Congress, or any member of America has to say. So America is not have, it does not have a defensive ability to protect itself. It does not have an offensive ability. It would take America anywhere from three to five years and trillions of dollars of reinvestment to upgrade its airplanes, its air force, its battleships, and any and all other issues. America cannot take the position that we're going to defend ourselves. America has to take the position that we will go on the offense. And someone would question, why would you put yourself in a position of offense? A country that would come against you would bring something to you, and you would then be saying, well, I need to be on a defense. But if I was set up in a position where I could become on the offense, these countries are not going to come against you because they know your striking power would be far greater than theirs, so they then would back off. So when you open your show tonight with the conversations and you look at, you know, the military backgrounds that what we did or did not do in Vietnam, what we did or did not work in Iran or in Iraq or uh, uh, Afghanistan or any other country, we did not really go in with a good offensive uh, position. We went in with a small group of individuals. We took a defensive posture after we got in, and then we lost. Well, how is that going to differ if North Korea takes the fact that they have ballistic missiles that are now going to reach different parts of the United States, and we cannot reach them even though we are shooting stuff up in the air and saying in Alaska we can now blow out a, uh, a missile in the air well, what if I sent 50 missiles in the air? Can you blow out 50 missiles? I only need to hit you with one if it's a nuclear bomb. So all these conversations tonight is going to be the way your program is going to go. Can America, without Congress's support, because remember, Trump is not getting Congress's support, and there's actually several people that have done articles showing that there are three ways to remove the President of the United States. One was by assassination, and the Democrats and the Republicans came to the conclusion that that would not be the best way. The second way was to put members inside his chair and and his organization that would undermine him. And now they're talking about how maybe even John Kelly may be part of that group to quiet Trump down. And when we first thought John Kelly was going to be the general to maybe take the position to handle the staff, there's now articles showing John Kelly's tie-in to the Illuminati's. So now we have, did these groups of people get into the chambers of the organizations and now all of a sudden Trump's on vacation and how are these other members going to control the White House? 
is Pence, in fact, going to be the next president? And Pence takes the position, well, no, I'm not going to run. Of course he's going to say that because that would undermine their intent of replacing the president of the United States. So how does it tie together? Can you take an offensive position with a Congress that does not support the president? The answer is no. If Congress decides to support the president, can they then replace the president? The answer is no. So Congress has to take a position that they're not going to set up an offense. They're not going to defend America. They're going to undermine the president of the United States, showing that he's incompetent to handle the structure as commander-in-chief. By so doing this, he would then not be able to handle or take care of what's going on in Korea. So now you have a Congress that is committing treason. You have the Democrat and Republican parties which are committing treason. And you have a president of the United States that's losing all of its power as what we saw happen under the Soviet Union and other countries. So how's that for a good opening for you? <laughs> well, that definitely uh, intermixes a, a lot of things. And, yeah, I mean, and, and I agree with a lot of what you were saying there with what they're trying to do. And, and, and I, speaking of articles, you know, I, I wrote an article uh, in uh, the Trump Times, uh, the TrumpTimes.org or, or .com. Uh, you can see the article there. Uh, where I was stating, will uh, Pence even be uh, loyal to Trump? And yeah, I mean they're definitely trying to a way to get you know to get Trump out of office because he's you know, he's just he's going to be tearing up the the whole system that they've been used to. And I and I stated this before, and we won't I won't belabor the point tonight uh, that I think that you know Pence was handpicked uh, by Paul Ryan in order to uh, to be the VP just for you know what we're seeing. Um, but let's go ahead, and, and I'm going to bring in uh, Susan, and then I'm going to play that audio by uh, Gingrich, and it's, it's just a real short one. And then I'm going to kind of tie in, and you brought up Barack Obama, what he's did with the military, and, and, and you might enjoy this point. I see John on the line is that, you know, and I've talked a lot about, you know, us needing to put more money to our space program, not only for exploration purposes, uh, and you'll hear uh, just a little snippet here from that audio uh, and why I think we, you know, perhaps – use some of our actual military budget, which Trump did say that he was going to increase uh, towards our space program. And I think uh, the audio you'll hear from uh, Newt back in the 80s uh, will give a little more clarification uh, on that, and we'll give uh, more detail. But let's go ahead first and bring in Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, coming to the show. How are you? I'm alive and kicking. Well, Computer technology is is one of the things um, that I read about. Uh, It was used to cripple Iran's nuclear weapons. So how hard would it be to develop a light virus with worms to cripple North Korean air defenses? Um, It, uh, well, let's see, where where is that here? At At Natanz for almost 17 months, UXNet worked its way in the system and targeted a specific component. The converters made by German equipment manufacturer regulated the speed of the spinning turbulences to create nuclear fuel. The worm took control of the speed at which they spun 
making it turn so fast in a quick burst they would be damaged but not surprised. Destroyed, excuse me. At the same time, it masked that change in speed from being discovered at the centrifuge's control panel. Uh, okay, so this, um, uh, it was uploaded by the U.S. and may well have been involved in Israel's Mossad. All right. North Korea has access to the Internet, but their radar system may not be linked to the Internet, but they certainly can be hacked. In 2007, the Israelis took out the Syrian air defense with a cyber attack before bombing a partially constructed Syrian nuclear facility. Um, it fooled them in a Stuxnet-like way because the sky would look like it was empty even though it was in actuality filled with Israeli fighters. So um, what this man is saying is that it is possible um, Kim Jong must um, Kim Kim Jong Un must take heed to the United Nations Security Council's unified voice and statements from governments who will lower disagree that DPARK poses a threat to global security and stability. Um, so. Uh, China will probably be among the key players using crippling sanctions that will leave Kim Jong-un in place with power of nothing. So anyway, there's this this worm. Well, I don't know if China's going to do anything. I think they've already proved out China's not going to do anything. Go ahead. Well, like I said, it, it, it wouldn't be hard to develop a virus with worms. We wouldn't have to do anything. We just have developed this virus that makes it safer for U.S. military to fly in low and drop mobs on the Mm-hmm. Well, that's blocked. what I said in that article. Uh, we got plenty. When, you know, we got plenty of regular ordinance. I think they could take out uh, North Korea. Go ahead. Oh, that that was it. I just this was written by a guy that uh, Jim Campbell, and he um, he writes a blog, uh, and uh, this was his thing. He says. Stuff we're not being told, what we're not being told. Uh, and that, that obviously was stuff we're not being told. <laughs> I never heard of all these worms and things before that that caused uh, them to be able to take out Syrian stuff and all this stuff. I, I It's like, huh? <laughs> okay, I guess I'm learning some stuff I knew nothing about. Yeah, the issue with yeah. all that is that Bill Gates and China are working hand-in-hand building electronic devices and that many of your current computers and electronic devices are already set where they could fail by China just initiating what they've installed in your systems. So the fact that American corporations aren't on their own building products and controlling the identity of these products means that we cannot really defend ourselves against a cyber attack. Uh, We have uh, one of the first things that the president and Congress has to do is stop the production of foreign computers which have hidden uh, chips in them 
that they can actually get into you through the cookie files and through other files and corrupt your system. So a lot of, you know, being in the Army Signal Corps for 22 years and seeing what's happening today and the ability of what's going on in these other countries, we are totally not prepared to defend ourselves from a cyber attack. And if you want to take what Russia did or did not do uh, during the last election, or if you want to take what Sawyer uh, and uh, uh, Romney did by owning your voting machines uh, and could change who wins the elections, and you look at all the other things that are going on around you, anyone expectation that the United States can defend itself from a cyber or electronic attack is untrue and unfounded because we don't have the capability. Well, speak about, you know, what, what we kind of hinted on earlier. Oh, you, did you want to respond, Susan? Uh, no. It, it's also, you know, I mean, and I get the feeling he wasn't the biggest Reagan fan. But I could be wrong. Yeah, who was I, I'm not the biggest. Uh, the man who was speaking. Oh, Dr. Tolbert? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not clear what you're saying, Susan. Oh, well, it just sounded like you weren't a fan of Reagan. So many are. I I can go for or against what Reagan did or did not do. Um, any position anyone takes, history is history. My concern is what are we going to do today, and will Congress put up trillions of dollars to give us a defensive posture or will it be done what Reagan did with his facade that he was doing something that really never happened and that's kind of you know and that's kind of how what, what Star Wars or SDI uh, was I mean the tech, even the technology at the time uh, wasn't there and for those uh, who do not know quite what, uh, what the Star Wars plan uh you know, was is I mean, it's just a, a definitely a, a bunch of different systems, uh, both ground and in space, uh, and that's I think where you know where they talk about you know lasers and particle beams and ex- using X-rays to destroy, uh, destroy late you know destroy missiles while they're you know in the atmosphere, and that's one thing that perhaps you know because there is this nuclear proliferation among, uh, and I'm still going to say you know Iran and, and now but we're who we're dealing with specifically. Uh, at least, re- you know, recently, is uh, I um, North Korea is that uh, you know what the what the SDI was supposed to do? Uh, it was supposed to while they were in uh, upper atmosphere uh, to actually destroy the uh, the missiles because that's where they would be able to do uh, the less damage. Even if they were destroyed now, if you destroy mis- missile now, let's say you know 400 miles you know above the the surface. Not for I don't know if that's too high, but. Um, Above the ground, it could still send out uh, what they call EMT waves that can actually still disrupt, uh, disrupt anything electromagnetic uh, pulse. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, EMP. Uh, what it does is when a nuclear weapon goes off, it sends out those, those EMPs can knock out, you know, just power grids and everything of that nature. That's actually one of the big uh, concerns 
about, you know, even more than a nuclear strike, some even more concerned about, you know, an EMP attack. I think John was talking about that several weeks ago. Uh, but anyway, with what SDI was supposed to do, is supposed to destroy the missiles while they're mostly while they're in the upper atmosphere uh, going over. But to kind of tie and uh, for those uh, who want to know more about it, there are some links you can also find on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website. And I do see other folks on the line. Just push the one on your number dial. I'll get you into the show. But now this is an old audio uh, uh, with Duke Gingrich on it. And, you know, the, the audio isn't the best. It is from back from the 80s. Uh, so bear with it. Uh, but then I'm going to tie this in with something Dr. Colbert said um, about what, you know, Barack Obama and what he's actually done uh, to the military. And I think that another thing that Barack Obama has done that people might not, uh, you know, link to our military, but I think once they hear this audio, uh, it may click for you. And, and if not, I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and, and explain. Uh, after the audio, but first let's go ahead and listen Person to that. Newt Gingrich, the Republican co-chairman of the Congressional Space Caucus. The United States is at a crossroads in both its prosperity and its very survival. And the high frontier gives us a chance to leapfrog past the huge Russian army to regain our national security through developments in space. The space shuttle gives us an opportunity to develop through the high frontier program answers to the Russian challenge that would put us a decade ahead of the Russians in dominating the high frontier of space. You know, he who controlled the air controlled World War II. The Japanese early on in the Pacific with their carriers, the Americans later on. The Germans early on in the Blitzkrieg with their Stuka dive bombers, the Americans later on. In the future, he who controls space may well control the future of mankind. Please write to us at this address. That was just the, uh, as I said, a short audio, and and it's true. I mean, you you, you know history, especially you know the folks here on the show, and, and that's true. And, I, and I've said this uh, before. We've had you know discussions on the show about uh, controlling space, and not only controlling space militarily. And this is where I you know talk with you know, with with John, and John been on the show, uh, and I'm sure you might want to make some comments there, John. And that is you know when I talk about budgeting for our space program. Not only for exploration, but you know, unfortunately, militarization and for resources uh, that that we could use from space, such as helium three that could be found on the moon, uh, which a uh, moon base, moon colony, uh, which can actually be used for nuclear fusion plants, which is a much uh, more clean, uh, much cleaner uh, nuclear energy than ener- uh, the nuclear fission. Uh, so it's definitely it's cleaner. It's more more energy. Also. Uh, the different fuels uh, that could be garnered from having bases on, on the moon. Uh, and so there's definitely different technologies that could be built. Sure, that is in the future, as you pointed out, like the Tobor and cost millions of dollars. But if Trump, you know, as I'm you know, tying things in here, two things. One, you know, if Trump's saying he is going to increase spending for the military, uh, I'd say use some of that for the militarization of space because I think, as Gingrich pointed out, you know, if, if we're not going to do it, someone's going to, and it's better for the United States to be the first one to do it uh, than anyone else because, you know, just like any other war, and unfortunately we're still in a position where, you know, people on this planet are just, you know, set on killing each other, so, which is unfortunate, but that's the, the reality of it. And so, you know, that's that's where I think we could be able to, you know, spend some of that, you know, the money that he was talking about, too, is that in the beginning of uh, the audio, what was one of the things that 
Barack Obama did during his tenure as president. He niched the he niched the space shuttle program. Was the reason he niched the space shuttle program for things other than what he said? Was one of the reasons why he nixed the shuttle program and so that we cannot we couldn't use the shuttles to get, I mean because remember I mean we had to go to the space station we had to rely on Russian rockets and you know cosmonauts to, to get to the International Space Station and so by us not having our own program you know how how far did that back us up by being able to not only with space exploration but also through the possibility of defending the United States. Uh, with having command over space. Yeah, I'll bring, that, I'll bring that point over to you, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, and let's go back a second. We're talking about what Trump would do as the commander-in-chief without coming to the realization if the funding is not there and Congress oh, is not funding, Trump can do nothing. Well, that's why I think, uh, you know, and th- th- this is uh, being a little bit far- farther out, but that's why I think you know we need to primary the hell out of the Republicans uh, in 2018 and get some some real grassroots, real conservative uh, you know people to go against these incumbents and to do two things. One, of course, have the people to support the incumbent, uh, support the these grassroots candidates, but also get Trump to get out there because you know one of the things people love to see people love to see Trump out there doing rallies. They love to see him talking. You know, not not only Twitter. Some people love to see him Twitter. Some hate it. Uh, but there's a lot who still love it because he's taking it straight to the people, and they love when he does these does these rallies. So what I would recommend for Trump to do, and maybe if you get on his staff, Dr. Tolbert, is one of the things you can recommend to him is, hey, when 2018 comes, and if we can get all these uh, these other candidates, you know, to to come up against these Republicans, you know, in the primaries, for him to come in and say, hey. Let's go ahead and support these grassroots candidates. These are the we the people candidates instead of these career politicians. Get behind them. Get them voted. And then you'll have your people in there who, one, let's be honest, it's politics, will owe Trump something because he helped them get elected. Unfortunately, that's the game. And two, they'll probably be more like-minded than the career politicians that keep getting voted, voted, voted all over again. I mean, look at McCain. How can McCain? I mean, he, I mean, even ever since two thousand eight, how does that guy keep getting elected? <laughs> you know, I mean, so you, you've got these guys. You got Paul Ryan keeps getting elected. You got Mitch McConnell. You know, when Matt Bevin was going up against them, I mean, Mike McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, still, you know, wins the the primary. I mean, they we keep putting these guys and gals in, right? Well, maybe if Trump gets behind these uh, grassroots candidates. You know that then they get people in the house who can start voting for these bills to to make these increases that are, uh, as you pointed out, much needed. Yeah, and you know we look at now Trump has endorsed uh, six different senators that are running in 2018, and he absolutely needs to get out on the road. He needs to go to the different states. He needs to rally the public independent individuals and he needs to back away from the fact that he's a Republican or a Democrat and he needs to bring forth a new level of understanding of the responsibility of Congress and he is only going to do that if he plays the game and goes back out here as if he was running for the president but now he is the president 
and showing how the Congress is upsetting the power of the executive branch to enforce the laws when the Congress is not writing laws or providing financial support to protect America. And, of course, your NASA program under Trump has been discussed as being reinitiated again. But now you have the private businesses that are investing multi-millions of dollars versus the United States being ahead of the game in control uh, and setting up a offensive-defensive posture. So Trump has literally got to leave the White House. He's got to get on the road, and he's got to get out in front of the people, and he's got to say, these are our problems, and I will make sure that it happens, but I need you to elect people in Congress that will defend America. And he has to actually go against the Congress. He has to stand mm-hmm. up, and, and he has to take charge. Uh, I enforce the laws of Congress. I don't make them as the president. If we have a problem or if we are not getting funded, if we're not taking care of things, don't look at me as your problem. Look at your Congress who has not given me the laws for me to enforce in order to protect you, the people of the United States. Now I've got Kathy on the line who wants to uh, respond, so let's go ahead and welcome Kathy. Kathy, thank you very much for coming to the show from uh, the great state of Tennessee. Got a good friend there uh, living there, and I'll be going back in uh, October. Uh, so looking forward to that, especially in the fall, my, my favorite season. Uh, but let's go ahead and welcome Kathy. Kathy, uh, how are you tonight? Hi, Robert. I'm doing fine, thanks. I'm enjoying the show. Um but there was some things said here, I think if I heard, I came in a little bit late, talking about Trump and the uh, and Congress and getting conservatives in, right? And oh, I've been yeah. talking, to, talking to several people that are trying to make sure these conservative candidates can, can uh, win these elections and how much it takes and how much it costs. And then there's a few out there I've talked to that want to run for state offices that think they can do it on no money. Um, it takes a lot of money. <laughs> um, so as you're trying to do these things, we're trying to make some connections uh, to help. And, Robert, I'm going to bring up that topic that you and I talk about often. Um, and if anybody's listening out there that has an idea that they want to uh, contact us, there's a win-win situation going on here that I want to let them know about if that's okay with you. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. You, okay, you know us, and you know our activism and our work and things like that um, for years. And we did work very hard to try to help Newt Gingrich back then. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Callista uh, knows us, knew us back then quite, you know, fairly well, knew of us. Um, but in this day and time, we're still trying to get past censorship of these Christian motion pictures. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is relevant right this moment. We have one that's ready to go for 350000 lousy dollars, and theaters will bring them in. It would bring in uh, 3D stereoscopic Christian motion picture, traditional, not the one on the website, but it would bring in millions. 
So what we're proposing to a couple of these movers and shakers out there is, I found out this morning, talking to someone in the know, that each candidate, each conservative candidate, has to spend approximately $300,000 just for the production of TV commercials. Each one. It can cost them 5 to $6 million a person to run for office. That's some big numbers, you know. Um, that's why when you hear people say, how do these embedded runners keep getting elected? And the person I talked to this morning nailed it. And I asked her the same question. And she says, name recognition. That's right. Name recognition. So what we are proposing to some people out there is help us or contract us to bring in the 350 for the movie, but we also in return can contract to do their commercials. So we're offering a couple of people, if they would, if they would talk to us about it, um, as much as providing high-end New York City production house style commercials for these conservative candidates and even up to five different candidates of their choice because we can do them for almost nothing. And they're a whole lot better than what the average production house is. Media is everything. Marketing is everything. When you want to have conservative candidates go up against the deep pocket embedded rhinos, they cannot do it on no money and they can't do it on the budget. So, you know, if, if you hear, if you follow what I'm saying, we can do the commercials for the price of what one person would spend on their production on their production and do it for five. That pays for the movie. That helps them. Then in turn, we've told a couple of people, we can either give you 20 or 30% cut of the box office, which should, if we could get started right away, it would be in the theaters in early 2018. Give them a cut of that on a percentage of box office, uh, or, and or, donate 20% of that return of box office, which could be 30 to $50 million, to the re-elect Trump campaign, 2020. And you know us, Robert, you know that we do what we say. We're not stingy. We're working for God and country. If we start bringing in that kind of money on those movies, we have a money source all of a sudden because our side has no money source. Soros pays for everything. But when our side's out here trying to win, they're scrounging for every dime they can get, every single one of them, to try to beat somebody. Does that make sense? Well, I was... uh, Oh. I was in. The, go ahead, Susan. I was in the uh, the back room no, I uh, doing some communicating with some, some folks online. Go ahead, Susan. No, I had nothing to say. I was just she said something and there was dead silence, and I was thinking maybe something had gone wrong again. <laughs> so I just said hello. Like, is anybody there? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you. No. Did you guys hear what I said? No, yeah. I heard. You know, we Tolbert, and I understood. And I agree with you, and the fact is that Sawyer's money and some of the money coming from other individuals are what is undermining. And a lot of the constituents do not understand 
that they can take a person, for an example, as Rubio, who's all the funding did come from Sawyer, and who's there are many individuals who are being funded from outside America in order to establish a new political one-world power. And we calculated if I ran for the president of the United States, it would cost me $50 million just to get my name on the ballot in every state and set up to meet the requirements that are in the 50 states. So the political arena today is not about who is most qualified, but as you said, name recognition money. You buy yourself name recognition, you get that with money, and you get that by sponsorship of individuals who want to have their lobbyists and their ways in the government. Totally unconstitutional. Right, Dr. Talbert. And it's it's a mess. And and that's, if I may, and I may want to talk to you if Robert can hook us up after the show, is... I am the co-founder of a very accomplished conservative activist group. We were actually uh, spent many, many, many months, 17 months, uh, garnering the co-sponsors for H.R. 36. And we also did uh, the first Fox News turn right boycott successfully, have been covered in major media, and now we've been trying for a while to do these 3D stereoscopic Christian motion pictures because my partner is in 30 years in the industry. But we also are hardball players where you go for the root core issues, media, social media, and entertainment. We have the ability. The problem is, and I tell people all the time on my Facebook page, liberals stick together, our side not so much. We, I was reading the liberal playbook somebody posted last night where they're talking about all the things they want to do to undermine Trump including owning, you know, keeping control of the media and shutting down more people on social media. What we need to help the funding of the conservative side, uh, the, the, the candidates that are running, even here in the state of Tennessee, where they're running against some of these embedded guys, the rhinos, every one of them are going to have to cough up four, five, six million dollars to even be able to compete. But if you get the media, if you get the commercials, they're high-quality commercials that reach the R voters. When I was telling the lady this morning that's helping other candidates, that, that name recognition for all the mainstream R voters, meaning they don't vote in primaries, they've got families, they're going to work during the day, they don't follow politics, but they vote for the R. They vote for that name they know. If we don't get the commercials on the TV in in such a way, not the boring little things they put out, the same old, same old, that do not work, and and do them in such a way like my partner and I know how to do because my partner's 30 years in the East Coast media and does national TV commercials, which while we can do 3D Christian movie, the movie is the $350,000 movie that we're ready to roll with right now would make millions on one. So we're going, okay, if we can find somebody to talk to us and contract for high-end commercials for their candidates, for the price of one candidate's commercials of 300 or 350 that have to spend, 
They can get high in commercials for five. It funds our movie. It saves them a boatload of money. And I'll guarantee you these commercials will get the attention of, of, of the voters. But you can't find, I have a hard time finding people that will even talk to you. They're too busy. They're too busy <laughs> to even talk to you about how, do you, how can you make millions. Yeah, let me give That's you an sad. example. When I ran for governor of Florida, Fox News had me at 14%, which is 1.4 million. I had 60,000 signatures. I visited 200 different facilities. I had 1 million followers on my uh, my website, calledaduty.org. The Leadership Florida hosted the debate in Miami with uh, uh, the two candidates running for the governor, Scott being one of the two. They changed the number from 8% to 15% so that I was not allowed to debate. When the final tally came in one hour before the closing, Scott was behind by 3%, and he had to win by 1%. I lost 1.4 million votes within a small period of time on the ballots knowing who owns the and I ended up with 82 votes. Now, how could that not be voters' fraud, manipulation of the press, and you're going to have your debates handled by a group of individuals that support the Republican Party? So all this that's going on that we talked about, and you used the word primaries, which is a violation of the 24th Amendment, because you cannot have open primaries or closed primaries. And what you're doing is you're not allowing the independent voters to vote for a person that is a Democrat or a Republican unless they take on one of the two political parties. So none Or Green Party. No. <laughs> well, you know, the Constitution Party could not get on the ballot in the state of Florida. They came to me. I got them the yeah. electoral uh, votes that they needed, and they got on the ballot in the state of Florida because of one person's action, no money out of pocket, no investment out of pocket. Once they got on the ballot, they didn't advertise. They didn't talk. They didn't visit. They didn't do nothing to gain more popularity. So even when you're on the ballot, you got to have people like Chief is doing that can get you out there in front of the people and talk because even though I had 60,000 signatures, 200 meetings, and 100 followers, it all came down to one thing. Sawyers and Romney controlled your voting machine, and the person that won is the person they wanted to win. So there has to be, we wrote the articles on voters' fraud, we sent it to Trump. He is still after the issue, and we still believe that no matter how much press we get, how much money we spend as independent candidates, we are not going to win a election in the United States until the members of Congress are replaced. With Oh yeah, well, and then, and well, I think in the reason Trump didn't uh, or, or Trump did get elected uh, is uh, because I mean, they, if, if he didn't, and I think the people would have known the jig was up and that those those machines were rigged. So I think that's the only way. I really do. I really think the only way 
that Hillary Clinton could have won is if they break the system. But I see we only got about nine minutes left for our top talk uh, topic. So well, what I want to do is go ahead and get some closing thoughts on this topic before we move uh, to the next one, and, and we may, uh, you know, bring things back uh, here later on tonight. We'll see, depending on how we uh, delve to the next topic. And I do get a, an article that I, I will start uh, the, the next topic, but we'll go ahead and close this one. And of course, as um, and as you tie things together, Dr. Tolbert, is you know where they did use you know the strategic defense initiative and when i when i brought up the topic i wasn't talking about you know something that's you know a pipe dream i'm saying that in today's world in today's times, if we are going to keep on just warring with each other uh then i think that is going to come a time where we are going to have to have a strategic defense initiative like reagan ronald reagan uh proposed and, and wanted to do uh i think the technology has been increasing uh, we may not be quite with all the you know, things they want to do because do research, it's, it's fascinating stuff, but they're all proposing you know, a lot of laser things, things of that nature, which I don't think we're, we're there yet. But the concept of having a, a basically a, an upper atmosphere defense shield uh, is, you know, on the United States, I, I think that's something that, that's going to be important as, as other uh, places technology get better as well and become more of a threat. And, and we got to have it also where it's going to be uh, a str- uh, strategic shield over our uh, over our uh, over our allies. And, and as Gingrich mentioned, and as we pointed out with the the shuttle program, is that he shut it down. Now, why did he shut it down? Of course, they they talk about funding and this and that and what have you. But it makes makes me wonder, you know, especially after hearing that audio and some of the things that the shuttle could have been used. Uh, for our defense, you know, using space, uh, makes you wonder if he also didn't shut it down so that things like that wouldn't happen. Maybe there's more in the works than what we know about uh, when it comes to, you know, a Star Wars quote-unquote program. Uh, but that's, um, of course, folks, we do uh, say go out and do your own research, and we'll uh, know more about it. But uh, we only got about six more minutes of this topic, so I'll go ahead and open it up. Uh, and let's keep the... Uh, at least the closing comments on that topic. We'll go with you, Susan, and then uh, Dr. Colbert, and then with uh, you, Kathy, and then we're going to move over to uh, some information uh, from this article uh, to bring back into hopefully uh, people's consciousness because things seem to fade away. Uh, is that is the Seth Richards the murder case, which you know we we can't let that. I, I just don't, I really think we can't let that go. Uh, uh, along with you know other things we talked about here. Uh, just for the fact that when things are afoot, you know, and, and there's but there was you know pressure brought to bear to kind of quiet a story, there's got to be a reason for it. And I, what we're talking to, or what I'm referring to, is you know how, you know, uh, Sean Hannity was running with it, but then you know things just kind of shut down, and then he just it's quiet. You don't hear anything more about it. And I do think this investigation bears more into it. But let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, as I said, Susan and Dr. Tobin and Kathy. And then I do see have Cindy on the line. Uh, we're going to bring Cindy in before we get to the next, uh, you know, just because she has comments on, on this topic. But go ahead, Susan. Um, she hasn't been on here. Let her just have my time. If she has a little more time. Okay, then go ahead, uh, Dr. Tolbert, and then uh, we'll go to uh, 
you uh, and, Kathy, and then I'm going to bring Cindy in, and then we'll get to our next topic. Go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Specifically yeah, on the SDI. I'm going to simplify it for you. Obama is a Muslim. He is for one world power. And that if the United States took on a big offensive role, the one world power and the Illuminati's could not be in control. So the downgrading of our military by a Muslim and a person who is part of the one world power and the Illuminati's is why we are fit the way we are today. Thank you, Dr. Tolbert. And, of course, we're going to bring in for the, the next topic. And go ahead, Kathy, and then I'm going to bring in Doug. I'm going to bring on Cindy. Go ahead, Kathy. Oh, I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, he's right. And and I guess we all get frustrated with the fact that even whether it was Seth Rich, Benghazi Select Committee, uh, all these things, these people have not been cuffed yet. The, they, they've gotten by with everything. I won't say that M-word, but you know what I mean. They've got enough skeletons in their closet. If they open the door and they all fall out, I don't. I can't figure out why, except that some of our congressmen evidently lack a little bit of a spine. Um, in order, uh, from from where I sit and the people I talk to, you still have to go media, social media. You're losing, and entertainment. Your root core issue is the millennials, the young generation, the the uninformed. And you can fight every, you know, I tell people you can go out there and fight all the squirrels you want, and they're not squirrels, they're very serious. But we can't sit back and let, as as J.B. Williams said the other day to people, hey, he said on Facebook, and I thought that was great, J.B., because he says, you know, everybody was working and rallying to get Trump elected, and once he was in office, they sat back and was waiting for Trump to hashtag MAGA. You know, I think a lot of people have done just that. They've they've kind of quit working on these root core issues, and if you can fix the root core issues, the rest of it will fix itself. Um, there again, the money sources. We could end up being the money source. We could end up with these motion pictures. It sounds it sounds silly to some people, but it follow when you've got a team like ours that's dedicated to helping the country and all the work that we've put in for nothing, if we can get these motion pictures off the ground with that smaller one being 350 that would make 30 to 50 million, the next one like Bravery being would bring in 80 to 100 million, and we've got all this disposable, disposable income, a lot of that would go back into helping these conservative candidates, helping with their commercials or doing their commercials so that they get attention of these mainstream R voters and throw in some big bucks into the things that are important like helping Trump get reelected because they're going to do everything in their power and they're very close to doing it. They own the media. They're really close to taking over and they're up ramping up the social media censorship. You will have no voice. We would also take a million or two out of that, out of the first movie and sue Twitter specifically. Um, the people in there that are shutting down everybody and shadow banning them. Because when you lose that, that's how Trump won the election. Trump won the election, and they eat Twitter even went so far the other day again to censor Trump, uh, Trump Jr. Tweet, they're ramping it up. By 2020, if something's not done, you will have no media whatsoever. 
So if I could get somebody on board to talk to us about, hey, we can do high-end commercials for your five favorite candidates, which will fund our one movie, which will in turn make millions of dollars, we don't hoard that money. Too many organizations out there are very wealthy, and they don't share. They don't work together. They don't help each other. Um, that that can't continue that way. The liberals stick together. And, and the, answer so that, the answer to that, Kathy, is to get Robert to give you my email. Give me a one-page breakdown. We'll post it on our website, and we'll post it on all the news medias and on LinkedIn and Twitter. And so if one person like myself can get a candidate for president, I believe I have, and so do you have, the capability to uh, get the financial backing and that I could eat the president of the United States using a secondary source because the original press is totally against him. But if he can get himself involved with what he's doing with you, then his chances of re-election are going to be much greater. And we Do you know how to reach President Trump yourself? I have direct correspondence with John DeStefano, which is the president's personal uh, secretary and aide. I have letters from him. Uh, I have a possibility of uh, being accepted at the White House for certain positions already, and I do an online contact. And uh, we are doing more than people realize what we're doing. Well, we are. Well, you and I are also on on the blog radio, telling our paid Obama trolls exactly what we're doing, and we have some of those. So, uh, I friended you on Facebook. We might want to exchange yeah, phone I, numbers and speak tomorrow. And I, this, yeah, and I did just accept your uh, your friendship because one of the good things about an iPhone. Uh, an iPhone 6, I could multitask. Me too. That's there you what I go. Multitasking's well. good. <laughs> and, and, let's, and let's go ahead and bring our friend in, uh, Cindy. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for holding. Uh, how are you tonight? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Robert. Um, I just thought I would come on and, and kind of give you my um, a synopsis of what I'm, I have family in town, so. Uh, anyway, it's good hearing you, uh, Dr. Tolbert and Kathy and Susan and Robert E. Pugh. Um, good to be on tonight because I haven't been able to get on very much lately. I always learn so much when I'm on with you guys. Um, but I just wanted to quick give you um, my opinion about your Star Wars uh, subject topic. Um, I was for Star Wars back when... Reagan was proposing it, um, but I'm even more yeah, for it now. I'm even more for it now than I was before, yeah, for a few reasons. First of all, um, North Korea, Iran, the other rogue nations, and China and Russia all need to know that not only are we developing a strategic defense system, but we have to also, I mean, I have to look at the whole situation and I have to say to myself, okay, if they can develop a strategic defense, they can also develop using that same basic pro, um, program, they can also develop an offensive 
weapon. Okay, and so I I see under Trump that that is that is a possibility that he would allow that to happen, how, allow that to occur, that they develop not only defensive position but also a uh, offensive position while they're in the process of um, that developmental, you know, the R&D for that. Mm-hmm. So what is that? What is the background? Is that my noise or yours? I don't know where it's coming from. NSA boss, but I'm working overtime with that. Okay. I don't know. I'm just kidding well, about that, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, I just I would just wanted to let you know that um, as far as Star Wars is concerned, I think it's a, a good deterrent for for all these nations to know that we are no longer going to be um, uh, neutering our military. We're going to make them strong, and that's <laughs> that is a literal neutering. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad about some things that he's done uh, regarding the military. But now, so that that are you referring to the transgenders? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's really um, bad, Cindy. <laughs> that was a bad analogy. We're not even in part to watch after dark. Well, I, now, I'll make what? a disclaimer: if the guy wants to become a girl or whatever, that's fine. But uh, uh, wow, not yeah, just some of the other things. But anyway, go ahead. I know what you're referring to, so go ahead. <laughs> So anyway, I, I didn't even mean to do that. That was sort of a off. I guess that was a Freudian slip. But anyway, um, uh, so as, as far as Star Wars is concerned, I'm all for it. I really don't have anything more to say about it. Uh, I just think it's a good idea all the way around. Um, so many good things came to us. So many good inventions. So much good. Uh, so many good uh, uh, weapons. Um, you know. All kinds of stuff came from that pro- that program being mm-hmm. started in the first place, and I think if it had kept going, I think that it could make us totally uh, just so scary to everybody else that they're not going to mess mm-hmm. with us. And that's what you have to do, just like um, Theo said, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick, you know. So. Um, then you can afford but in the media talking about fire and fury well if if people think okay he's talking fire and fury but we have 200,000 guys in our military you know but that that doesn't i know we have more than that i'm just kidding but that's just you know they know just as much they know more about russia china those guys know more about our military capability than the than the people of the United States know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and <clears throat> if they know what's going on in our military, that we have this, you know, hellacious uh, weapon that we can use, and that we have a president that's willing to unleash it. Um, you know, it's a deterrent. You you just have to use a deterrent these days, um, and that deterrent has to be strength. When you look at the Muslim, that's all they know. All they know is bigger sword. This guy has a bigger sword. Um, he has a stronger horse, faster horse, whatever. You know, 
that's no, we're not even know. in Bard's logic yet. Go ahead. <laughs> that that's all <laughs> they know is you know, okay. Hush. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. So anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm just I'm just all for Star Wars. But anyway, um, as far as the um, getting decent politicians in there who will work with Trump, because that's the second thing you need if you want Star Wars to be reinitiated and you you want to uh, build up the military, you want to build a wall, you want to do all these things that President Trump promised, then you have to have a Congress that that um, gets on the program and, and gives him the bills to sign uh, in order to get that done. So, um, I mean, look what Trump has done so far that he didn't have to have Congress uh, on the plan. Look at all the regulations that he's uh, done away with. Look at the military stuff he's done. You know, there's a lot of stuff he's done that that shows me that if he was on his own and didn't have to worry about Congress, like Obama, then, um, you know, he could get a whole lot done. He could get all of this stuff done, and I think he would do it. Um, but anyway, um, you know, McConnell is, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how that ugly, slimy swamp creature does it. But somehow or other, he wields some kind of power. I don't know if he just has a portfolio on everybody up there in Washington, some kind of a CIA or FBI portfolio on all those people and can blackmail anybody he wants to, can threaten anybody he wants to. I don't know how he does it. But he comes up with the money and the power to get these um, establishment candidates elected. And I don't know, there's probably eight to ten of them in the Senate right now that owe their Senate victories directly to Mitch McConnell. And right now in Alabama, there's a fight going on between two conservative guys, Mo Brooks and Roy Moore. And then you got the establishment. Excuse me? Yeah, Judge Roy. Yes, Judge Roy Moore. Judge Roy, Roy Moore, you'll, you'll remember him as the guy that they were making him take the Ten Commandments down from his uh chamber. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, we even we talked about him a little bit some years ago. Right, yeah, he's and running. then, he's right. and then there's Mitch. Exactly. He's running for the Senate with Mo Brooks. And um, Mitch McConnell is the supporting guy? the guy, <laughs> the other guy, the third guy, Okay. Now, uh, I think there's more um, candidates than just those three, but those are the three most viable candidates. And basically, um, the Senate conservatives, led by Ken Cuccinelli, they have decided to go by – they're backing Mo Brooks over Roy Moore because they think that Mm. he will do better in a one-on-one fight. they got to get through the – preliminary um you know there will be a uh, like a primary election and then whoever gets the most votes of that out of that goes again the two top ones have to go you know into another race with it so anyway the the democrat and whatever republican comes out of this uh little race here well mcconnell of course is spending so far he's 
uh, well, he says he's going to spend eight to ten million um, to get his guy in the Senate uh, elected. Mm. So we need to get the word out. I've been putting it on my uh, social media pages. We need to get the word out that um, uh, people people have to know because what what McConnell's been doing is like one case. Was it a Tennessee? Maybe you know, Kathy. Was there a Tennessee election where he he actually got people to believe that his establishment care, ca- candidate was the was the maverick? You know, he was the conservative guy, and he was calling the conservative guy. He was uh, branding him the estab- uh, the establishment guy. So he will like tried to flip flop that and and turn it around. So. Basically, what we have to do is we have to fight against our own uh, Republicans to get a decent guy in there. And um, I'm just hoping we have a special election very soon in Arizona to get rid of somebody. Anyway. Um, McCain? <laughs> let me, let me, well, here, here's um, – since you brought up McCain, let me go ahead and uh, – I've got a um, – and when we already talked about North Korea, so I think – and this is also an article – folks that you can find on uh, the Bard's Logic Political Talk website on the uh, in the Bard's Logic newsroom. Okay, so just go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com since we're bringing up McCain, and we know that's who you're referring to. And uh, uh, the article's here from truthfeed.com says, Jealous trader John McCain doesn't like how Trump threatened North Korea. It says, disgraced trader. Okay, now I guess this is an opinion piece. But anyway, it says, uh, disgraced trader John McCain continues to be jealous of President Trump's role as commander-in-chief while trying to sabotage his every move. This time, McCain is not happy with President Trump threatening Kim Jong-un of North Korea with the fire and fury like the world has never seen. Maybe he'd like to join Kim Jong-un and side with North Korea, similarity to how he sided with Democrats on health care. Uh, Senator John McCain, Arizona, took exception to President Trump's Mm -hmm. remark Tuesday uh, that further provocation by North Korea will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. McCain argued the tough rhetoric is unlikely to help as tensions rise between the United States and North Korea over the latter's nuclear program. Uh, I don't know what he's saying. I've And I've long ago given up trying to interpret what he says, McCain said of Trump during an interview with local Arizona radio station first reported on NBC. Uh, That kind of rhetoric, I'm sure – I'm not sure how it helps. Uh, McCain said uh, the U.S. risks getting into a serious confrontation with North Korea and invoked former President Teddy Roosevelt's famous big stick policy. In other words, the old walk softly but carry a big stick, Teddy Roosevelt saying, which I think is something that should have been applied because all it's going to do is bring us closer to a serious confrontation, McCain warned. I think this is very, very, very serious. Trump warned North Korea not to make any threats to the United States on Tuesday after the war. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that came from nowhere. On the Tuesday after the Washington Post reported North Korea has produced a nuclear warhead small enough to place on a missile. Uh, North Korea best not take any more threats, United States, Trump told reporters Tuesday. He has been very threatening beyond a normal state, and I said they are to be met with fire, fury, and frankly power. 
like the which the world has never seen before. Uh, McCain said he takes exception to this, to Trump's remarks. I take exception to the president's words because you've got to be sure you can do what you say you're going to do, said McCain, the chairman of the Senate Arms Committee. And that's it. But I mean, I, now on to your, what your, your point, though, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, as, yeah, I mean, I mean I, that, that, I will, uh, that I will agree with. I mean, I mean you've got to fight fire with fire. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, or, or what you say you're going to do, okay? But the thing is, is when he says something the world has never seen, well, then what does that, you know, the only, the world's seen a nuclear war, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, nuclear over Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Uh, so, I mean, what is it that they can, they can do? Or uh, we could do that the world hasn't seen. The only thing I can think of that the world has not seen yet uh, is an SD, you know, something like an SDI program. So yeah, perhaps Trump knows something we don't. But let's go ahead, and we've got a couple more callers who want to get in, whether they want to segue us into the next topic or if they want to uh, talk more on this. And, and we're going to keep, of course, everyone on the line, and we're going to bring them in and then bring it back to you, Cindy, uh, before we go ahead. Uh, there's still plenty of time, so we've got a little over half the show to go. But then I'd like to chime in, and first we'll get uh, you and John and then Kelly. But first, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. I want to ask you, what when you say SDI, what's that, Strategic Defense Initiative? Strategic Defense Initiative, hmm Okay. I thought it was, but there's so many people use acronyms so much anymore, I was like thinking, well, I better ask because it might be something different than what I'm thinking. So, Whenever whenever we're not talking, you suggest we mute our phone so we can kind of calm down that background noise you and Cindy were having to talk about earlier, right? Or something, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't hear okay. anything anymore, so it sounds like it's calmed down. Yeah, well, hopefully we, when, you're, when we're not talking, we mute our phones. It helps clean up the, the airwaves. Um I'm not sure where to even start. There's, you know, it seems like the Washington establishment and the elitists, whether it be Democrat or Republican, have learned how to money launder and racketeer our treasury through our U.S. government. And it's like the the well-connected Dems during Obama's reign the last eight years or whatnot, we went from a approximately nine-something trillion dollar Ten trillion dollar budget to now close to twenty trillion, and at the same time, you know, there's lots of these different groups that are Planned Parenthood or Acorn or I don't know how many different groups are out there. They're getting these special kind of funding mechanisms through our government, and then they money launder that money back to the Democrats and the whoever they want to support, so that they're using our government in order to fund their own political mess, and then they use the, you know, RNC and the DNC to oligarchical control, you know, do the voter nullification trick to make sure that only their candidates get representation and we, the people, get subversively circumvented from being able to self-govern. So those kind of tricks that they're doing, we need to figure out how to hold these folks accountable because all these government officials during campaign mode, and it goes back for 200-plus years, it seems like, at least the last 60, 70 years, as far as I can tell, 
they, they give us lip service during campaign mode, and I've come to the conclusion that that's willful and intentional. Because like you were, guys were mentioning earlier, Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Ryan and all these people get continually get reelected and stuff, and I'm like going, gee whiz, uh, who was it, Joe, um, a few weeks back, said, hey, man, if, if I forget how he said it, but it was it was very good in the sense that something like, hey, if if the if you keep if the Titanic keeps falling to the bottom or something, at some point, how many times does Titanic got to sink for you to realize there's a problem in the design of the boat, you know, or something like that? <laughs> I forget what how he said it, but it was so appropriate. I wish he was on the line so he could make that point again because it really spoke to me. I just couldn't remember how he worded it. So my suggestion is is that we need to figure out how to make the laws in such a manner that if Hitler were in every position, every office, local, you know, county, state, federal, every office position, regardless of whether it was, if Hitler ruled in those positions, then the rule of law in our governmental system would still be just and bring forth the, you know, the rule of law, not this rule of man that we have right now that's deceitfully masquerading as the rule of law, you know, being deceitful and putting us all into um, legislative slavery, you know, or the rep- representation like a pimp represents a prostitute. I mean, most Americans don't break that down to understand it. And so how do we get these candidates that are reputable, you know, credible, good candidates that are not just going to continue to lie through the campaigns? And, it, and then when they get elected, do what their special interest pays them off to do. How do we combat that special interest? If we got George Soros and and the uh, Koch brothers and, and Robert Mercer and, you know, all these billionaires that are using our government like puppet strings, just, you know, hey, say whatever you need to say to get in office. Once you get in office, I'll make you a millionaire, you know, and if they're making hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, most of them are billionaires, and think about it, all of them together, them big wigs like that, they have multiple companies all over the world. They're transnational or multinational corporations that they own. They like that one world corporate Expensive corporate. And one of the things I want to, I want to bring in on, though, John, and then bring in Kelly, though, too, uh, is, you know, because you know, I know you and I have had uh, different conversations here, you know, about, you know, spending money on our, our space program and maybe even our military, or maybe even in some ways using military spending towards our space program. Uh, that's definitely, you know, I mean, because we, we could talk, you know, on other subjects and things of that nature, cause, and we're covering the, you know, election stuff. But, you know, specifically, you know, b- before we move into our, our next topic, I want to give yourself a Kelly opportunity to speak on that. Uh, is one thing I, re- I really want to hear from you on is, you know, about using some of the, because one of the things for the federal government is the responsibility is to protect, you know, to pre- protect the nation. And so one is that through the military, and then to the military spending, I would think, you know, by the way, you think that the government should spend money would be uh, – military spending would be one under the purviews of the federal government. Thus, if you can use some of that federal uh, spending from the military in order to uh, you know, use some of our space program, what's your thoughts on that? Well, see, Robert, my biggest issue right now 
is if we don't solidify the fundamental foundation of our country and the rule of law, none of that's going to matter. Our country's going well, to I know, but let's speak specifically on that. I mean, I, want to, I, I really would like to get your thoughts on that specifically without us going to the weeds on, you know, on, on, the, on that other topic. I mean, I want to hear your – Specifically on that topic, because we we segue over to what you're what you're what you're getting ready to talk about, uh, but this specifically, I would I'd like to hear, hear your comment on. Right, but specifically, you know that that's actually just inviting a, a confrontation because of the simple fact that I believe every legal United States citizen. Well, we're not we're not afraid of confrontation here on on, on Bard's logic. Go ahead. Well, I mean, because of our previous conversation on this particular issue, I don't think that the federal government should be spending money on anything that it takes tax dollars from every legal United States citizen. So that's why so I not even not even on the military. You don't think we should spend any money on the military? Put put a trust account. Uh, like I told you, this is it, it's just a, a long discussion that you're probably not going to want to take time to have today. This is a three-hour program. If you want to make one program, three hours that we can discuss this, I think you're good to go. But to set me up for a small little five-minute conversation on a $64 trillion question and then expect me to answer it in that way is disingenuous to you, not only to me, because that doesn't give well, we, you I want to have comments on, on the. I want to have comments on the topic. At, well, John, I just want to have comments on the topic at hand. You know, I mean, we got three different, you know, three different topics. You know, you know that we that we have tonight, and we're running long on the other one. I was wanting to get the opportunity for yourself and for Kelly uh, to make any topics on those, or as I said earlier, segue into there. I'm not looking to be. I just want to get your your, your comments on on those specifically without getting into other weeds. So, okay, well, I guess we're, we haven't said that. You know, you, you don't believe in any federal spending, even on the military, where that's one of, the, I mean, the, the military, the protect the nation is under the purview uh, of the United States. And, and, and maybe one day we'll have that, that three hour, but I, I don't know, because like I do like to break uh, topics up into at least, you know, three different segments, three different topics uh, for folks. Um, and so let me go ahead and, uh, and of course, the lines are open, but let's go ahead because I want to be able to get everybody in before the top of the hour. So let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly. How are you? Hey, good. We're getting rain here in Northern California. Uh, high desert rain. You think it's a good idea? Actually, the locals don't like it because it brings lightning, which brings fire. So if you look to the west, the sunset is more orange than normal. That's because there's lots of trees growing. And that's the way, uh, burning, actually, trees burning. And that's the way the environmentalists like it. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, let's see. John brought up some accountability ideas, or but I, I got my own accountability idea. Combine it with welfare, because there are a lot of starving African tribes, and uh, these tribes just happen to eat people. So why don't we go ahead and uh, run up all our corrupt politicians and uh, feed them to the Native tribes there and hold them accountable. The only problem with this welfare plan is, well, they're still going to st- uh, starve because these politicians probably taste very sour and bitter. So, anyway, trying to bring in some humor here. Okay, China STDs, no STI, SIDs, no STDs. What? Oh, STI. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, STDs, STDs Kelly. We're not even in this. Okay. Keep telling, 
Uh, Cindy, we weren't even in Bard's Logic After Dark yet, ready. You guys are throwing that in. Okay, well, go ahead. It's okay. Yeah, so Cindy was talking about uh, swords. Um, some men's swords are longer than others. But anyway, China, <laughs> China um, has not been an aggressive nation. They have thousands of years of history being a peaceful people. Um, of course, that was when they were under emperors and kings. And um, In fact, in World War II, <clears throat> there was all sorts of provinces, and they pretty much were left alone. But World War II, when the Japanese invaded China, um, <clears throat> they, uh, it really brought the Chinese nation together. Of course, then you had a Republic of China after that with a constitution that turned terribly corrupt, and then Mao took over, and that was you know communism, socialism, and weird today because the Chinese are more free enterprise than uh, you would imagine. Um, but will China be aggressive? It's just not their history. It's just not their culture. But we can only wait and see. I mean, yes, okay, they're building islands in the Pacific for some say defense, some say offense. We'll have to wait and see because it would be a huge cultural turn in the history of China to be on the offensive. Um, and so that was, you know, of course there is a need for defense, you know, a nice idea, Navy and Army, uh, well-regulated militia, that was the Second Amendment, Second second Amendment. And, um, yeah, it's, um, I had a realization about World War II, because I'm a history buff, and I picked up some cheap videos about World War II. Well, the Germans wanted to conquer the world and bring in the Fourth Reich, the Third Reich, the Third Reich, 4,000 years. The Japanese wanted to conquer the world for the emperor. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. You both can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're allies, but what happens is all the, um, well, the Axis powers, Japan, Italy, Germany, what if the Axis powers win and all the allies are defeated? Well, then what? Do you have Japanese wanting to conquer the world, and so is the Germans, so they, they both can't be right. Oh, except for Mussolini wanted to bring about uh, the, the glory of Rome back to Italy, which meant Rome conquered the, the world. So we got three people that want to conquer the world. You can't be right. It just It's kind of bizarre. So, yes, you absolutely need defense. Uh, is Korea being a subcontractor to launch missiles that would politically be incorrect for, say, Iran and, say, um, China. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, are we going to get into World War Three? It'll probably happen in the Middle East, if anywhere. So and will China come in? Will Russia come in? Will Korea, South Korea, North Korea come in? I don't know. I'm just like, ye. But... Uh, well, we should just spend more money. Yes, let's, let's spend more money. <laughs> just anymore, this is a whole freaking circus. I mean, I'm getting mm-hmm. so frustrated. I mean, you know, you got uh, Babyface Ryan. I'm sorry, Babyface Nelson. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I confused the two. Babyface <laughs> Ryan, uh, Speaker of the House, and then you got Mitch McConnell. You know, some of these bizarre things. Like, are you a friend of dealer? Is he out of his mind? I mean, but you can't separate Chinese twins. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, but hopefully the American people will rise up 
Um, hopefully the American people will rise up and Trump does keep doing what he said he was going to do. Maybe maybe he'll get some cooperation if he survives the Russian thing. Just don't have any Russian salad dressing. Oh, but, um, now, there's a topic I'm, I'm sick of. You know, we haven't even talked much about that, but we do have something I guess you can kind of – well, I don't think any of it. Maybe the little red lynch thing might, but uh, that, that's later on in the show. Go ahead. Yeah, so we got a uh, what's his name Rosenberg. He's the acting attorney general now because session Trump wasn't happy with him. So you got Rosenberg. It's like out of the frying pan into the fire. But maybe Trump's upset. <laughs> yeah, he's not any better. Yeah, and so I wonder if Sessions knew that. I don't know. Well, it's and there's all sorts of codes and standards how to have an act, uh, acting attorney general. Um, but by the way, aren't all attorneys acting? Um, <laughs> gotcha. so, I, you know, sometimes I want to say stop the world. I want to get off. This is too crazy for me. But it's always good to stay alert. And um, well, what else happened? Uh, there was something. I'm kind of going off complete topic, but. Um, I'm not so sure about China being aggressive. I'm, I'm just really not. My libertarian mentor pointed that out. Um, we shall see. Um, anyway, but I don't know. I just want to say hello to everybody, I guess, and maybe try to amuse people. Maybe we can together round up our corrupt politicians and hold them accountable. Um <laughs> okay, I yield. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's hey, go Robert. ahead. Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I had to chuckle because we all say we're going to hold these people accountable. Quite frankly, I am calling several of them a day. And at the point, this point is like practically screaming at them. And that's the good reps. That's the good high high end reps that I know, and, and when you're saying hold them accountable, I mean I'm talking about I'm a name names Jim Jordan Martha Roby's office Steve King Rep Yoho, these people that I really have a lot of admiration for, but when some of these things that we're working on, as you well know, Robert, we won't dwell on that. You know we're trying to sh- shake their cage uh, because it, it's time somebody puts a stop to the, all this. Social media slump creature crap that's affecting would you, would people. You rather, would you would you rather Pardon? hold them accountable or hold them accountable? <laughs> um, I think accountable. <laughs> but you know, we've got some good reps in there, but they need they need to. Uh, I know they're they're they feel like they're scattered very thin, but mm-hmm. some things. Some things have to be a priority, and and right now, as Robert knows, our our big pet peeve thing right now is this whole social media censorship, because and that's what Dr. Talbert and I <clears throat> have had some great discussions. Robert, um, we're talking about lose your media, lose your country, all of these things that are going on out there right now. Um, even Fox isn't isn't conservative. You got a couple of people on there and. 
even they're getting yeah it's, it's actually uh, moving it's, it's definitely moving uh moving towards the left i mean you know especially during the day the night maybe in prime mm-hmm. time maybe not so much but I mean, during the day, I mean, I, I think in the on Sunday, I think Sunday, yeah. I wouldn't say they're as bad as the other shows, but they're getting pretty bad on Sunday. And and, and then now they're going after Eric Bowling, uh, trying to and suspended him for something he didn't do to shut him up. And I talked to somebody that knows him personally the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, well, can you get this over to them? <laughs> but anyway, um. You you can't lose social media, so when I'm watching these people out here on Facebook, in these groups, and we're talking about everything that's going on, right? Everything that's going on. But the point of the matter is, Trump can't do this himself without media and social media, without those of us that support him and support his issues. And when they keep knocking us out and making us invisible. We are, I mean, we are invisible. You know that, right, on on the most of us. And now they're going after the big dogs like Geller and, and Mark Dice and Paul Joseph Watson and Alex Jones. They're doing everything they can to shut us up, and then we are in trouble. So I think still number one root court issue must be media or social media. That's the number one thing because without it, you don't get your message out at all. It's, it's always going to be my pet peeve until we get something done, but we are working behind the scenes constantly. We can't work in front of the scenes, obviously. You can't be seen when you're doing that. So we're working behind the scenes a lot and trying to contact other people as well and with reps. Um, so everybody do your part on that one. Every time you talk to a rep, scream at them about social media. And we've got... Uh... Jim on the line, Jim, when you're ready to come in, uh, we'll get you to the show. Just push the one on the number dial. We'll segue here. And if you want to make uh, some some topics, Jim, on our previous discussion on the Strategic Defense Initiative, uh, that's uh, good as well. But also uh, we're going to be uh, bringing things back to uh, a topic we discussed, and it's pretty much been hush-hush, uh, and you don't really hear much about it. So we got a, a little article here uh, that I'll read from, and then we'll uh, have some discussion here. Uh, and it says here, and this is, uh, again, you can find this uh, article on the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, page, or not page, site, <laughs> website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can reach it uh, on the uh, newsroom. And this is uh, from the Gateway Pundit. This says, Breaking Investigator Believes Donna Brazil is a person of interest uh, in Seth Richard murder case. This is an article from October, uh, August. 7th of 2017. It says, uh, the death of DNC staffer Seth Rich is one of the great unsolved political mysteries in the past decade. Private investigator Rod Wheeler believes former DNC head Donna Brazil may be a person of interest in related to Rich's murder. In a shocking series of texts sent to Fox News reporter Malia Zimmerman by private investigator Rod Wheeler, he describes being startled by Donna Brazil and states that her behavior makes me think that Donna Brazil is in a category of persons of interest as it relates to the death of Seth, Seth Richards. The day before Fox News published their now-retracted story about Rich being the source of the Democratic National Committee emails released by WikiLeaks, Wheeler wrote to Zimmerman, 
uh, Wheeler explained how Brazil had called the police department after he met with the lead detective on the case. The key communications log of detailed exchanges between Wheeler and Zimmerman was provided to Big League Politics by a person who wishes to remain anonymous at this time. Big League Politics previously published the notes from Wheeler's April 25, 2017 meeting with D.C. police detective Joseph de la Camara, in which the detective did not confirm or deny Rich being in contact with WikiLeaks. De la Camara admitted that he's been trying to contact Julian Assange for help with the case from Wheeler's notes. Uh, Della Camara was asked, were you aware that Seth was having problems with two supervisors at his job, the DNC, and was he very emotionally upset because of the problems with the DNC? Della Camara replied, I was aware that there were problems, but I don't know who the supervisors were that he was having problems with. In groundbreaking report, it was discovered that Donna Brazil, former DNC chairwoman and high-ranking DNC rep, tried to put an end to the Seth Rich investigations. Seth Rich investigations it says uh, Miss Brazil allegedly called the private investigator handling the case and accused him of snooping and demanded to know why the investigation was still going on. And this is from WND. Uh, the high-ranking DNC official that called the police after I inquired about Rich's case was Donna Brazil. Veteran homicide detective Rod Wheeler told WND, why shouldn't I reveal who it was? Brazil, who was also on, who was also a CNN contributor and a Hillary for America donor at the time, was caught providing Democratic Party nominee Hillary Clinton with questions that would later be asked of Clinton at televised CNN town hall. In an interview with Fox News before the election, Brazil denied leaking the question to Clinton, but in a March 17, 2017 column for Time magazine, she finally admitted doing so, saying, it was a mistake I will forever regret. A spokesman for the Rich family has repeatedly criticized Detective Wheeler, who was hired by Rich's families in March to find the DNC staffer's murderer for not ruling out the possibility that Rich, Rich may have leaked DNC emails to WikiLeaks. The Rich family recently sent Wheeler a cease and desist order to stop his investigation into the murder. On July 10, 2016, 27-year-old Democrat staffer Seth Conrad Rich was murdered in Washington, D.C. from a block from his apartment. The killer or killers took nothing from their victim, leaving behind his wallet, watch, and phone. Uh, this is via uh, Wikipedia. It says earlier that night he had been at Lou City Bar, a sport pub, 1.8 miles from his apartment in Columbia Heights, where he was a regular customer. He left when the bar was closing at about 1.30 or 1.45 a.m. Police were alerted to gunfire at 4.20 a.m., by an automatic gunfire locator. Within approximately one minute after the gunshots, police officer found Rich with multiple gunshots wound in a conscious and breathing state. He was, tra- hmm, I wonder if they even talked with him, but anyway, so he was transported to a nearby hospital where he later died. According to police, he died from two shots in the back. 
Rich mother to- Rich's mother told NBC Washington affiliate WRC-TV. There had been a struggle. His hands were bruised, his knees are bruised, and his face are bruised. And yet he had two shots in his back, and yet they never took anything. They didn't finish robbing him. They just took his life. Shortly after the killing, Redditors and social media users were – here you go, uh, Kathy, about the social media – Users were pursuing a lead, saying that Rich was en route to the FBI the morning of his murder, apparently intending to speak uh, to special agents about an ongoing court case, that's in quotes, possibly involving the Clinton family. Uh, Seth Rich's father, Joel, told reporters if it was a robbery, it failed because he still has his watch, he still has his money, he still has his credit cards, still has his phone, so it was a wasted effort except we lost a life. Uh, the Metropolitan Police posted a reward for information on Rich's murder. In August, WikiLeaks offered $20,000 reward for information on the murder DNC staff, Rich. And that's kind of the end of the uh, article there. And so we'll go ahead and uh, – oh, it looks like we lost Kathy's uh, line. Uh, so remember, if you are on the show, we only have the live portion for a little under 15 minutes. So if your phone is not charged, definitely charge it up. Make sure it doesn't get disconnected, uh, because if it does, then uh, unfortunately you will not be able to call into the show at the top of the hour. I do see other calls on the line. Push the one on your number dial when you're ready to get in. Uh, and so uh, we'll go ahead and bring it back over uh, to you, Cindy, on you know things you may have heard or what's your thoughts on that article and perhaps why even that this uh, investigation has been shut down, not only been – uh, by what we heard here, but of course, you know, some weeks ago when uh, Fox News, namely Sean Hannity, was covering it, uh, but then, you know, after, of course, the, the uh, threats of boycotting and things of that nature, I mean, this story pretty much has gone away. Well, that's, they, you know, that's, that's how they work. That's um, the Illuminati, and that's how they work. And they're, this guy, is Seth, is just one more victim of the um, the Clintonistas and the rest of the Illuminatis who put a hit on him, that's all. He uh, knew too much and had a loose tongue and um, was probably about to, um, you know, give us crucial information. And so he got popped. And, um, you know... Um, Dr. Tolbert was saying earlier that um, that um, Obama was a Muslim, and that's why he did so many, you know, things to uh, cut back our military. And you know, he actually supported a lot of uh, the bad Muslims, like the Muslim Brotherhood and ISIS and all that. People say he's the actual creator of ISIS, but anyway, be that as it may, I don't think that he's actually a Muslim. I don't think that he's actually a communist. I don't think that he's actually anything. I think he was brought up to hate everybody in authority. And I think what he is fighting for is the Illuminati, and that's it. He is somehow connected to the very top of the Illuminati. And they used him, and he used Muslim. He used the Muslim situation. He, he he used the Russian situation. 
to weaken the United States. His whole plan was to weaken the United States. That was his plan to transform America, um, was to basically bring America to its knees. And he was probably very surprised to find out that in eight years you can't completely bring down America. He probably way underestimated the strength of America. He probably thought that we would be 20 years further in the future right now um, uh, after the things he unleashed on us. And yet here we are still holding on by a thread, but we are still alive. And um, I I think that he's just Illuminati, just like the rest of them. He was used by them, and he will continue to be in a leadership position as long as they keep him there and uh, continue to have influence as long as they allow him to. And I I totally believe that um, the richest people in the world that you know, um, China's, you know, very, very richest, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars rich people over there. Um, And uh, uh, in a country where everyone's supposed to make the same amount of money, by the way. Same thing in Russia. Very, very wealthy men at the top. They're all connected with the Illuminati. And I think they argue amongst themselves. I think that's the only argument that's really in politics today. Uh, It's not really conservatives against um, liberals. I think the real argument is just one Illuminati group um, fighting against another Illuminati group. They all want the same thing. They want us to go back to the Middle Ages where, you know, there's a king over everybody, and everybody's their vassal. And the ones who give them what they want become barons and dukes and that kind of thing. And uh, everybody else is a slaving peasant, um, and you work for them. And they do not like it at all that in America a guy can come from, you know, a middle-class family and end up with hundreds of millions of dollars, even billions of dollars in his bank account. They don't like that. Um, they like old money, not, mo- not yeah, new money. I was about money. to say that. They, it's not that old money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, as far as Seth Richards is concerned, he just uh, messed with the wrong people. That's all he did. Uh, a lot of people have done that, m- probably more than we know probably more people than we know um, messed with the Illuminati and ended up six feet under. So um, this is not a big surprise to me. I don't think there'll ever be any solving of it because they're going to, you know, the people in charge, the people in control are going to make sure that it doesn't happen. Um, They've even, see, when they can even take President Trump who has just won a huge victory and become president. He had a mandate from the people, a very clear Mm -hmm. mandate from the people. And they can take that and totally squash it out of some stupid little nothing issue, like one guy meeting a lawyer from another country. I mean, if that can be made into something, and if they can keep on and keep on, you got the um, 
the latest, uh, you know, they whose who's, um, who's house house was just ransacked by the FBI. What was his name? Uh, come on, guys, help me out. No, the, he was, whose house was just ransacked by the FBI? Yeah, well, when ransacked, but they they had a subpoena, and they went in there and they oh. searched uh, they searched his house. Came out with some. Well, I need to look into the Trump financial. Yeah, uh, hang on, I'm going to come up with his name here eventually. <laughs> and and real but quick, anyway, uh, while you're doing that, we do got about seven minutes of of the show that's live. Uh, the show will go on until the next hour, but those who are not called in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, because if you do not, uh, you will lose the audio. You won't be able to uh, join us as well. Uh, so give us a call at the 347-945-7428. And I do see a couple other callers on the line here. Uh, Jim, we will get you in. I see there's a Skype caller. Uh, we'll be getting you uh, in as well. And there's others who are on the line but just have not uh, – Asked to come in, but we will get you in. There's still plenty of time left in the show. Uh, but if you are out there uh, listening and just listening and have not called in, uh, call us in within the next six minutes, or unfortunately, we will not be able to uh, do that. And also make sure that phones are all fully charged or whatever you're using to call in, because unfortunately, after uh, the top of the hour, uh, if your call drops, we won't be able to bring you back in. Go ahead, Cindy, and then I'll bring a Jim. Then we got a Skype caller. And then uh, we can finish off this topic and then go uh, over to our Loretta Lynn story. Go ahead, Cindy. It's Paul Manafort. It's Manafort's apart, um, house they went into, and, and um, they they searched it. I, nobody knows what they got yet. Um, we just know they went in there and brought stuff That's out. Ridiculous. Out of his home. Yeah, they're just, it's, so, it's a witch hunt now. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, yeah. it's I mean, like the same witch talk. Yeah, I mean, that guy was gone a long time ago. That guy was Not gone a long trials, time ago. Not you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But that guy was gone a long time ago. Why is why are we bringing that guy up? You know, and yet we have real crimes, real crimes that Hillary has committed. That we're committed. talking about real tonight. Crimes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We have all kinds of real crime, devastating crime for our nation, that is that is just being t- uh, covered over uh, by by the way. Republican Senate, Republican House representatives, mm-hmm. Republican appointees everywhere. They're all allowing this to go on. And, you know, I've been reading this book, The Swamp, you know, the the bowling, bowling book, The Swamp. Okay, and this is the reason, mm-hmm. that's the reason that Paul Bowling, that, well, Eric Bowling, that's the reason that Eric Bowling is under attack right now. It's because this book tells the truth. This book uncovers the corruption like you wouldn't believe. Now, let me tell you, I have never read fully. I've never, all of Newt's, Newt's book, I don't care who the book, who the, Russia's book, I've started so many political books, so many political nonfiction, okay? I can't get through them. They're like wading through marbles or something. I don't know. I can't put this thing down. This is, if you want to read a, a tr- the truth and be really, really interested the whole time you're reading it, and this is the book you need to read. 
I suggest that everybody read The Swamp by Eric Bowling because he actually not only lays out the problem, but he lays out the answers. And and I think we've all we have all seen these answers before, but the way he lays them out, um, uh, with the examples to back them up and everything, that it that it really makes sense. But basically, you got three things that you have to do. You've got to you've got to limit uh, uh, the power of the um, the lobbying. Somehow, you've got to you got to limit lobbying power, you've got to limit terms, got to have term limits, and you're going to have to stop the flow of foreign money. One way or the other, you've got to stop the flow of foreign money. So, um, you know, until we get a Congress that will do those three things, it really doesn't matter what Trump or anybody else promises us, because those are the only... Go ahead. I was going to say, and, and, and Dr. Tolbert had to go, and I think that's a good segue uh, to uh, bringing in uh, our next caller, and that is Jim. And you know, he'll tell us maybe more about that, how we can get some grassroots uh, people in there. And then I'm going to do uh, visit the Skype caller we have here in the green room in a minute. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring in uh, Jim. Thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, hi, hi, Robert. How are you doing? Good, good. How Hi there. are you? Now, um, I, uh, what do you want me to talk about? I called in about Korea, but you're, you're not. Well, no, you can go ahead and start from there. Go ahead. Um, well, let me, let me uh, since you were on the Brazil thing, um, let me just mention that real quickly. The, the Seth Rich thing, now, I, my, my read on Seth Rich is this. Seth Rich's family is connected. They're not some little people like us sitting out here in the cheap seats. They are a connected family. And Seth Rich was on the Bernie Sanders side of the equation. He was probably so disgusted with Hillary. And him and a certain portion of the connected, shall we say, because I don't want to say he was elite because he got killed, but he was connected. They wanted Bernie, and they were salivating over the first socialist president. They thought they could see maybe a first socialist president. And uh, uh, he, w- he was sick of seeing uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the others support the dud candidate Hillary for Bernie. Okay. Then he goes too far in their eyes and gets shot. Now, did you say that he was uh, – you, you were reading something, uh, Robert, that he was going to testify or go meet some investigators the next day? Well, let me go back to the article here. I believe I still have that. I believe it said he was actually going to go to some people for uh, – let me go here. Yeah, some are speculating that um, – let me scroll down here. He was en route to uh, the FBI the morning of his murder, apparently intending to speak with special agents about an ongoing court case possibly involving the Clinton family. Okay. So he was going to go do that, and whether or not the people at the FBI would have helped him or not. In fact, they could have been the guys that <laughs> told the people to kill him uh, because the FBI, is, as you know, all stuff's coming out of how much they were covering up for Hillary and Lynch and the, the pseudonyms and all that stuff. So next act is that the parents are outraged that their son got killed, and they hired the investigator, right? Wasn't it the family that hired that investigator? 
I believe so. And then they told him to stop. Yeah. Now they're now the powers that be, who they're part of in a way, they're connected anyway. Come to them and say, "Look, we're sorry your son got killed, but you're going to hurt our whole operation that you even are for if you don't seek this and assist." And we might hurt you if you don't. You might not. He not be. Might be the only one in your family to be killed. I'm just speculating. But then, how else do we explain that they now issue the guy they hired to cease and desist, and they're pulling this what I consider to be sickening technique of don't investigate. It's very painful to our family. What parents don't want to know why their kid was killed, why their son was killed? Right. You know? Who would stop an investigation? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't buy that. I'd be out there investigating myself. Go ahead. Exactly, exactly. I don't buy that. They they were told to stand down, and they did. Okay, and that is now Sean Hannity. I think. think, No, go ahead. Sean, I'm just trying to say this. This this explanation I'm giving I think fits all the facts and the twists and turns. Then Sean Hannity was going at it full speed, pretty much. Then he gets called by the brother of Seth Witch, who whines and cries and rents his garment and falls on the ground and says, it's, it's so painful to our family. So Sean steps, uh, stands down and implies he might get back to it. But I'm sure Fox was telling him to stand down too. And so at the moment, that's on a hiatus. Uh, footnote, while I am not, I've not been in favor of Sean Hannity's everything he's ever stood for, uh, because as you know, Robert, I was against going into Iraq uh, back in 2003, mm-hmm. and sh- nobody was a bigger war-, war leader than Hannity throughout all that. Now I think he's saying that he doesn't want to see another one. But I will say this. I, I just wanted to say that to make the point that I'm not uh, just a Hannity bot, although I, I think he's been doing a fantastic job this year. I think Sean Hannity is playing with his life. He is someone that has been made by the powers that be. He's probably worth $200 million. He gets paid like 10 or $15 million a year for the last 20 years, something like that. And he's and now he's basically kind of turning on him. He's he's doing some absolutely fantastic monologues every night. Well, I kind and of think that way, way of, of Rush Limbaugh, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, true, true. By the way, I, in case anybody didn't know it, people that don't want to pay for cable – Fox and MSNB and CNN has given in to reality because hardly any of the kids even look at their phones. I mean, look at the TV. They look at their phones. So you can now watch live programming from CNN and MSNBC and Fox live anytime you want on YouTube. So like for Fox, you'd go to Fox Cable News live streaming, and then some certain choices will come up. More than one is doing it, but pick the Fox News because I think they got the most stable feed. But it, you can watch it live for free. You don't have to pay for cable anymore. And I watch it as far as CNN and MSNBC just to do enemy research, to see what the enemy is because of what people think. But the the viewership is so low on CNN and MSNBC. Let's say compares to Trump's tweeting, okay? It's so low that they already would have no influence if we had paper hand paper ballots hand-counted at the precinct and threw the computers out. The only thing that's going to give them credibility is these elections reflecting their commentary to the extent that the guys running the machines dare to do it, or they would have no influence whatsoever. People are, Less and less people are watching them. I think many times MSNBC and CNN are under a million viewers at any given hour. Now, um, uh, 
I mentioned one other thing here, Robert, and I, I don't want to take up everybody else's time, although I don't know how long I can stay. So I, if you want, I can just get back to Korea. If you, once you get to the other people, we've got more time, and I'll try to stay on the line. Uh, but I wanted to say one other thing. I have always contended that the, that the news parts of Fox is, is the same ownership as MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. It's the same crowd. And be, like Cindy was saying, behind them are the really top dogs. You can call them the Illuminati. You can call them the international bankers. Uh, they've called themselves the Illuminati at least a few hundred years ago. I don't know if they still do or not. But that is the, that group that's behind the international, international banks is also behind owning the media. And the Fox News, I contend, has always been the same ownership. In order to appeal to the middle class and give – middle-class people, especially middle-class white people, the feeling that they have a voice, then they've had O'Reilly and Hannity and and then uh, Tucker Carlson now and Rush Limbaugh. And I'm not saying that those guys aren't sincere. I think they are sincere in what they say. But they are a safety valve to give us a feeling like we've got a voice in the middle class. But when you, as Cindy and you were pointing out, when you get in the afternoon, when the news site is part of Fox, okay, Watch that they always let the New York Times set the agenda. The New York Times sets the agenda in the morning of what is going to be discussed that day. And the, 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 the electronic media, as far as the news portion goes, not Hannity is not following that, and you know Tucker and O'Reilly didn't and so forth, but, and Eric Bolin is not. But the news always talks about the same thing that is emphasized in the New York Times and the, big, the other big TV networks. So that, I just want to throw that out. To watch that. That, for instance, um, as as a for instance today, today um, you can go on the internet and find out that Trump has dismantled some Agenda 21 agencies that that he had the power to dismantle. There's a whole thing if you YouTube and search for Trump dismantle Agenda 21 or something like that, you can see it. Well, that's not. I probably many of you are hearing that for the first time. Uh, the the New York Times doesn't emphasize it. Neither does the news portion of the networks. Even even Fox does not tell you a lot of stuff that's going on. And that's why we've been urging on open letter to DonaldTrump.com that he get TrumpTV.com or something. He should set up something that tells the people what he's doing, 24 hours a day. Like a, you could have even like Alex Jones does three or six hours of news and you just repeat it all day. Fox repeats their shows two or three times at night, you know. So you 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 he needs to put something up. Have may have some reporters on it. Maybe have Ann Coulter appear a lot or or whatever. Laura Ingram and so forth. And Laura Ingram, I like her. <laughs> yeah, Paul Craig Roberts, Pat Buchanan, something except for Paul Craig Roberts, all these appear sometimes on Fox, but. He almost – and he needs a news team. Uh, he could even have somebody like Corey Lewandowski lead it or somebody like that, and they would – or that Pearson could be a con- – but they need the 24 hours a day, even if it's in three hours a day segments repeated, explain the positive stuff that Trump's doing because all the people are hearing is that the White House is in total chaos, total meltdown. Trump can't handle the job. He's new to the job, all this garbage when Trump is actually doing – Certainly more than anybody since since Reagan. Certainly he's doing more than anybody else, at least for for good things. So anyway, I'll I'll, I'll 
let you move on to some other cars. If we got time, we can come back to uh, the Donna Brazil thing, which you were commenting on, and which is related to this. This is all related in a way to two tiers of justice, and Hannity has been hitting this real good. One tier of justice for the really elite and the, re- the another for the rest of us. And we can, if we got time, we could also come back to North Korea. But uh, uh, so anyway, I thank you for the time, uh, Robert, and uh, uh, go. And I'll just hang in in case there's time for more commentary. Okay. Well, definitely, really appreciate. It. Yeah, hopefully you're able to stay in the line. You get to re- the next article, uh, and I'm going to get Joe in first. Uh, is about Loretta, uh, Loretta Lynch, and I, I do have an audio clip. I may or may not play it. It's about a seven-minute uh, clip between uh, herself and Trey Gowdy. Uh, if people want to hear it, they hey, Robert, can go ahead and yes. Yeah, Robert. Before I shut, uh, pipe down here, did you say that people ca- are not listening now? That no one can listen to this portion of the show live, or well, can they, they listen? Can, yeah, not- right. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now we're all along recorded. Uh, no one is able to listen live on it, uh, but it will okay. be part of the podcast. I got you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, this part. Yeah, this portion isn't live, uh, so we're not just talking to ourselves. Uh, now we're not, you know, it is being recorded. That's going to be available uh, with the on the podcast with the rest of the show. Okay, and are all your podcasts up in archive for people to listen to? Uh, they are. Uh, they are. You can either find it here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, but for your mobile uh, devices that may not be able to download that, uh, you also should be able to find uh, find the shows on iTunes. Uh, there's uh, okay. you, could, you could also go to the uh, the Bard's Logic Facebook page, and you should find somewhere on there where you could get a link to uh, to the iTunes. Uh, okay, for, you know, download it from iTunes as well. Yeah, if, if okay, anyone uh, tries to download it from iTunes and is unable to, you can send me a message via the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. There is a contact page where you could send me an email to let me know whether if you had troubles, and I'll, I'll email you back and, and help you through that. But let's go ahead and bring in – we're keeping everybody's lines open, and we're going to bring in Joe, and then I've got an article that will go ahead and uh, bring things back around, and we may play that, that audio. It's, it's, it's about seven minutes long, but uh, we may or may not. But let's go ahead and welcome Joe. Uh, thank you very much, Joe, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? How are you doing, Bob? I, uh, I happen to – I happen to agree with your last caller with regards to his um, his assessment of the safety valve for the pundits that are on radio. Um, they're probably there just to give the American people um, some sort of smoke and mirrors consolation that something is being done because of something being said about what's happening in the media. Um, but nothing is really being done. The litmus test, no matter what anybody else does, um, are the elections. If um, if people are still voting either Democrat or Republican, they're still brainwashed. I don't care how much they love Trump. I don't care how much they love objectivism or libertarianism. They're still brainwashed. Because if you're voting for the two factions which have sunk the Titanic every four years, then you're brainwashed. You can't keep going back to the same people who are doing you harm and expect them not to do you any more harm. Um, so that's one thing. Um, you had a female caller on. She was saying that um, the American people are fighting, and um, as a result of the will to live, that we're hanging on. Uh, well, I believe that if there is such a group as the Illuminati, and there probably is, that they could crash the economy, and they can put us into war at any time they want. 
But the reason why they don't is because, in my, my particular theory, is that they're waiting for the robots to come and become um, full-time replacements for everybody in the, in, in the United States and around the world. And that's happening very, very rapidly right now. And they're also waiting for cryogenics to, uh, to really become effective because I believe that when you reach um, that kind of wealth and that kind of egotistical power madness, um, what you want is to become a god, like Caligula, Nero, Caesar. They all wanted to become gods, and a few thought that they actually were gods. So by waiting for the robots to come in, by waiting for medical sciences, um, technology to develop androids, for cryonology to really become effective, they will become gods. And that's probably what they're waiting for. And when that and when the technology comes up to snuff for their specifications to fit their desires, <clears throat> then they'll probably crash the economy. And like there's that depopulation plan of uh, reducing the population of the planet from 6 billion or 7 billion or whatever it will be at the time down to about 500,000 or so. So, those are my thoughts for now. Wow, you just depressed me, Joe. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I've actually been doing some. Uh, I've actually been uh, doing some research on cryogenics uh, lately. Uh, I mean, it's something I've always considered about doing myself, actually. Uh, but I had a friend on July 1st, uh, just six months older than myself. Uh, pass away, so it really kind of hit home with some things, and I really don't want to miss the boat, so to speak, uh, on that. So <laughs> I'm actually doing. Uh, there's, diff- there's, only, I think there's only like four uh, companies right now that are really doing it, and so I've been you know, trying to do my due diligence, do my research on them, uh, and on cry, you know, cryogenics itself, uh, because you know, as I stated, you know, how much it costs and stuff. But I, I've actually yeah. been looking at that. A lot lately. It's, it's it's fascinating stuff, and I mean, if it does come to fruition, um, well, it is I fascinating. Think it'd be some, yeah. uh, have you looked into? Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not going to be facetious either. Have you looked into um, head transplants? Because they're they're going to attempt it. They haven't attempted it already. I think an Italian surgeon is trying to, or has tried it, or will try it sometime in the near future. A full head transplant. I haven't read much of it, but the, but with cryogenics, that is one of the things that they make sure that they, uh, I guess, quote unquote, freeze first, mm-hmm. uh, is because you know because of that possibility. And some people only do that with the possibility of uh, cybernetics and things of that nature. Now that's not a route I would look for, um, you know, because since we are in Bard's logic after dark, uh, I, I would like to remain having my human body. Just for the very fact, I would like to have some <clears throat> human contact later on, if you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's something I, that I would be—that's that's something I'd be willing to give up <laughs> for a cybernetic body. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, who knows? Electron. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try. Electronic sex. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I'd rather—I'd rather have the real thing. Now, if they can make it like, well, it's all brainwaves, right? I mean, it's all—you know. Yeah, electrodes up, and electro, electro yeah. impulses and things of that nature that goes to your brain. So who knows? Maybe they, they'll perfect that. But I, I think I'd still rather be uh, human. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's a topic mm-hmm. seriously. But I have to think about getting some 
uh, people from the industry onto the show. It is a fascinating topic for me. Uh, and so I, I am looking at certain people who I'd like to get on for that. Um, but, yeah, but let's go ahead and, uh, man, it's, the show's flying by. And, of course, as you all know, the, uh, the line is open. Uh, uh, the lines are all open. So let me go ahead with uh, this other article that, again, uh, you can find these from the Bard's Logic newsroom at www.bardslogic. Hey, yes. Hey, Robert, this is Kelly here. Hey, I just want to make a comment. Hey, Joe. Hey. Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> um, Joe said some things about robots, and if you all remember the movie, I Robot with Will Smith. That was real interesting. Um, and of course, there was Terminator. Um, you know, the robot's gone rogue. But I've actually heard some other sources too that they are working on robots to be the absolute perfect soldier. And of course, um, made out of titanium. And um, you know, Wolfram is a good uh, still heavy though. Uh, one of the hardest metals. So, basically, I think he has some merit. And then, as he was discussing this, I was thinking, well, wait a minute. If they have their system in place, I'm I'm just, you know, postulating, not saying I believe this per se, but it is, um, they do, it's definitely the report from Iron Mountain, Bill Gates has even said that. They want to bring the world population down to, like, I think one billion or 300 million, it all depends on who you talk to. But um, if they have their robots in place and then they crash the economy, people would literally starve and kill each other. And so it would look like, oh, it's just an accident. And, oh, gosh, we need these robots to bring in peace. They could essentially conquer the world. World War II, why in the world was... Nazi Germany is so so successful in conquering most of Europe because of technology. Mm -hmm. Technology and strategy. The technology was the 88 millimeter um, cannons on the tanks plus the tanks. It took three Germans to take out one Panzer or Tiger tank. They had an Air Force and a Skudai bomber. That was a completely new technique. Um, And and the, the strategy was uh, the blitzkrieg, using the tanks and moving people forward, so they faster. Enemy can't even figure it out. In fact, they would they would cut off quite a bit, um, a number of armies. Except the Soviets learned their strategy and didn't follow their strategy. Anyway, but th- this is a difference technology makes. I mean, the Germans, I mean, it would be kind of convenient to be a German soldier. You know, you fight a few weeks and then you're done. You conquer a country, you hang out, you look at the pretty ladies, you drink wine. Um, I mean, seriously, it's a technological edge. Um, you know, the airplane in World War One made a big difference. Um, so I, I think, Joe, I mean, I would dread to say if these, these robots ever do come about with their own AI. So real, real quick, uh, real quick, Kelly, I uh, just got a, a message here from uh, Susan, and she's got to make her closing comments for this evening. She's going to run, and we will bring it back to you. Uh, and I, I was hoping to be able to do that for Dr. Tolbert as well, but I was unable. But uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan. Thanks for the message uh, that you've got to do your comments. Go ahead, and then we'll bring it back to you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Go ahead, Susan. Um, sorry, Kelly. Um, yeah, everybody keeps saying Illuminati. Um, 
But, you know, you have to remember there is the Bilderberg, the Council on Foreign Relations, the United Nations, the, uh, well, the New World Order, obviously, Triado Commission, Bohemian Grove, Royal Society, Club of Roses. Uh, they're all part of the New World Order. Uh, you know, the Illuminati, Golden, Goldman Sachs, uh, Federal Reserve. So we have to understand it's a huge network that we're battling. All right, it's not just the Illuminati. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, and then someone brought up Mitch McConnell, and we're now in after 10 o'clock. Yay! I can say it then. In my opinion, I have a name for him. <clears throat> Mitch the Bitch McConnell. <laughs> and I, uh, I called and offered him a pair of brass balls that I'd mail him and left my phone number, but he never called me back, as you can understandably. I wonder why. Um, I don't know. I guess he didn't like me. Didn't like my comment, maybe, or something. <laughs> but I think that's what <laughs> we need to do. We really need to. Enough people called and told him that, you know, I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, they need to know we really don't like them. I don't mean like swear at them, like, you know, blanky, blank, blank, blank. But, you know, just say those comments. And I think we also mentioned Facebook tonight. And uh, what did Dr. Tolbert say about the media things? Or that a gal did? That was Kathy, um, you know, yeah. saying that we got to, you know, that's, I mean, that's how we're getting our word out now is through. Uh, social media, both on Facebook and Twitter, we got to be careful uh, not to let that be taken away from us because then we really wouldn't have a voice mentioning. Since, uh, you know, as Kelly and Jim mentioned, you know, and then Joe as well, you know, about, you know they're just kind of placating the, the middle class. Uh, and, you know, but being conservatives, I would even throw in there as well, being that they, they do have a voice at least in one channel and a couple of people on, on on the national radio. But go ahead. Right. Well, I I got one time I got punished by Facebook, and it was just for 48 hours. And I wrote and I gave them bloody hell. And I will, you know, where you can message them. They asked me how my experience was, you know, and I put a frown. And you know what? They actually apologized to me. I I told them, come here to Idaho and debate me. I'm not scared of you. Come here. Come here. Visit, visit me in Idaho. You know, sometimes you've got to put it in their face. You know, you just got to. So, uh, and Seth, well, we have, you know what? I think he was a great guy. I think he was sincere and he was trying to expose things. But we had so many unsolved. John Forrestell. Supposedly committed suicide. That didn't happen. That was not a suicide thing. Um, General George Patton, there's, there's questions on him because of the Jeep and the way things were set up. Um, there's a lot of people out there that there's been mysterious, mysterious things. Now, not, not all connected, of course, to Hillary, but I'm saying there's been murder committed by many, many people. Uh, who is that, well, Senator, and, and, the one that uh, and I'll add to, flew in the plane? Real, real, quick, and I'll, real quick, and I'll add to that, Susan, as I was going to say this when Jim was uh, 
Jill was talking, and he's talking about the Seth Rich family being quieted. I, you know, and I'm not trying to be or sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I'd say the same thing for uh, Scalia. I truly think that he was murdered, and I think someone hushed up his family too. Go ahead. Uh, what were those airplanes in two days? Oh, um, what's his name? The Heinz Ketchup guy. Uh, Secretary of State. Yeah. What? The Secretary of State, right? Terry. Terry. Yeah. 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 And his plane, within two days, his plane, and then there was a, another senator's plane. And both were very mysterious acts, supposedly, accidents. Um, and they were murdered because they knew too much. I mean, this the list can go on and on. And I don't, you know. I mean, so what do you do? You just feel bad. You wish you could solve it. You wish you could bring justice, but you can't. Short of trying to keep their memories in alive by saying certain things sometimes. So, yeah, John Kerry didn't deserve it. I think he was. Uh, no, Carrie's still alive. Teresa, uh, not Carrie. Uh, you said Carrie. <laughs> Teresa yeah, Hines. Yeah. Hines. Hines. Yeah, I know he was the one. Yeah. He was playing, yeah. Uh, there was another conversation, too. Uh, his plane crashed uh, mysteriously, yeah. It was, yeah, there was, there was two within the same day of each other. One, one day and one the next day. And when you know too much, or you say too much, you can be gone. No. Well, and, and that's why we, and that's why you, just like with the Seth Richards, and then we're going to go ahead and bring uh, uh, Kelly back in, Susan. Um, and they, gosh, I'll tell you what, the server time's flying. I still want to go over that, that real quick article um, that I have here. Is, and, and that's what I keep, I keep bringing up Seth Richards because it just keeps getting, you know, buried or forgotten. And, and that's, I think that's a story that should be forgotten. Uh, but but thank you, Susan. I mean, if we had more time, it definitely would uh, continue all of that. But we'll have to, you know, as no, I said, we, okay. we only got about 25 minutes. We'll have to shut things down for this, this evening. I want to be able to get everybody to get uh, some closing comments in as well. Uh, and I do want to get that article and then, and then let Kelly finish up. So here's how we'll, we'll do it. Uh, is we'll go ahead and uh, okay. Kelly finish up the, your thoughts. I'm going to bring in uh, that article, and then I'll bring mm-hmm. – uh, Jim, back on the line uh, for, for some comments, and I'll bring uh, yourself, Joe, and then we'll bring things back around. we got Cindy still here with us. we got John still uh, with us, and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, you know some more in in an unfortunate brief time. This is definitely one of those shows we could do a fourth hour. And speaking of that, uh, we will have a show, pro- uh, at least we should, uh, next week, but uh, the week after that we will not uh, because I will be going out west to see the uh, upcoming – uh, the upcoming eclipse, and so uh, and also some very much needed uh, vacation. It's been ten months since I've had a vacation, so I'm ready for one. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll, we'll be uh, here with us uh, that week of the 21st. Uh, so, but anyway, let's go ahead and uh, thank you very much, uh, and you have a good morning, Susan. I appreciate you for coming to the show and let me know uh, that you're on your way out so we can give you those closing uh, comments. But now uh, we'll go ahead and bring it back. Uh, to you, uh, to you, Callie, go ahead. Um, yeah, <clears throat> there's uh, Patrick Woods writes a book, Technocracy Rising. He's been watching the New World Order since uh, I don't know, 30, 40 years now, 
But you can Google some of his, or YouTube it really, YouTube some of his videos, Patrick Wood, Technocracy Rising, and it's pretty frightening. What I saw in college, uh, and when I was in grad school in engineering, a buddy was a mechanical engineer. His thesis was on getting two robotic arms to pick up a plate and lift it and move it. Yeah, I know that sounds so simple. But if they were not in sync and it was a light piece of metal, it would you know, bend or tear the metal. What was needed was an enormous amount of computing power and sensors, so that, you know, not too much force uh, for the disagreement of the two arms. You know, thus the human arms are absolutely amazing when you listen. But um, <clears throat> since then, the computing power is, what, tenfold, a hundredfold? Um, to bring about what is the potential possibility. Um, so kind of to back up what Joe's saying, uh, Patrick Wood's Technocracy Rising, um, they've had this idea since the 30s, by the way, powers of be. So I guess I just wanted to finish up that point. And uh, uh, i got another point, but I guess I might have to wait till the next show. Well, well, definitely. Well, an email to me. Maybe we can. Uh, if there's enough to be there, we can have a whole segment because you know we do. I, I tried to do the three segments because I, I think uh, instead of having one topic for the whole thing now, uh, I, I just think it gives more information out for you know our listeners and for us more to talk about. I'm sure there are topics out there that we could you know fill the whole three show. And I know there was a long time ago where we were talking about even doing themed uh, shows like different episodes, almost like a documentary of sorts and. Maybe at some point we'll be we'll be able to do that, but um, you know I do like to break things up in three, so to speak, as we do as the three hours. But anyway, let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to get some comments from you, Jim. And then we're we're pretty much at the bottom of the of the last hour. And then I've got this article I want to read real quick uh, about uh, Loretta Lynch. And uh, that's again that's an article you can find on the Bard's Logic Little Talks website of the newsroom. And of course, you know we've talked a lot about that page. And there are other pages, some, to be honest. You need a little update, uh, but you can also see the list of the people we've uh, had on the show, uh, as well as the contact pages I referenced earlier, uh, where you can uh, contact me, the host. You can also follow me on Twitter, which I do need to use uh, that more as well. Uh, but there, there's other, definitely ways to get engaged. There's also Newsmax TV uh, that you can watch on the video as well. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, though. Uh, not Kelly. Uh, Jim, go ahead. Okay, Robert. Um, I wanted to mention. I don't know if everybody just. So this is like a, a footnote. But did everybody notice that Judicial Watch, which is a highly credible group, uh, has come up with the research they released like two days ago? Yeah. That mm-hmm. um, the eleven. They found that eleven counties in California have fifty percent more registered voters than they have people of voting age. In other words. If the county had 100,000 people of voting age, they would have 150,000 registered voters, okay? So that was in 11 counties. Now, this, of course, gives a lot of credibility to Trump's statement that there were more than 3 million illegal votes, okay? Uh, Because, obviously, if you got more people voting in a county than – or even if there isn't more voting, let's say only half the people vote – when you got all those extra registered voters on there, that gives the people running the computers the chance to vote for those people, okay? And then that is, I think, a much bigger problem than illegal people that aren't citizens voting, even though I believe there may have been more than 3 million people who aren't citizens voting because if you have a lot of 
which you do in the West, you have a lot of Mexicans who are over here for a work visa, and they get a driver's license, and that's all the a lot of states requires a driver's license, and they don't speak English, and Democratic operatives, formerly known as ACARN, are going around saying, hey, you can go, just show your driver's license, you can vote. They might in good faith go vote, you know. It might not always be that the illegal, the people that aren't citizens, I mean, uh, are doing so in bad faith. They might be convinced that, look, if you show your driver's license, you can vote. Then they go show their driver's license. They let them vote. Why? And so they think, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know I had this right to vote, which Obama was for, the illegal immigrants. So I'm just saying Trump's, uh, you know, the, the Commission on Election Integrity has been convened as of two weeks ago. Um, we're going to be submitting something from Watch the Vote, and anybody that's in that issue, you should tell them to submit something. This is our chance. They say it's going to be in session the next year. Now, on Korea, if I could real quickly, uh, Robert, uh, I'm about to publish. We have the you know the website open letter to Donald Trump dot com, which we also have open letter to Steve Bannon dot com, which goes to the same place. And I'm throwing up advice to them every day, hoping someday they'll find the website and, and read it. <laughs> I've been putting out my e-wires to people saying, if you know anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody, tell Steve Bannon to look at open letter to stevebannon.com. But that has the strategy on the precinct and how what, if Trump would call for the precinct strategy, we would have a chance to overthrow the entire deep state in the Democrat and Republican parties, just like they did in Warren County. The Tea Party people took over Warren County, Ohio, the Ron Paul people took over Boone County, Kentucky, and the Republican Party anyway. So if Trump called for it and set up an office for his 2020 campaign, we could have a chance to overthrow the entire deep state from the Obama holdovers to the Illuminati. Okay, and uh, that, that's so. Anyway, that strategy is there. But one of the articles I'm about to post is the deep state plays their Korea card against Trump. Now, the deep state is a, a, a term that Sean Hannity's making popular, right? He's, he's making it popular. Right. Buchanan used it the other night. Pat Buchanan used it on the show. Tucker Carlson's using it. I imagine, and that's important. Now, the deep state is much more than Obama holdovers, it's, as uh, Cindy was saying. I believe it was Cindy. Uh, maybe it was the other, la- the, other, the, the other lady that commented. Uh, the Council Susan. on Foreign Relations, Susan, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, all that's Bilderbergers, all that is the deep state going back to 1921 and even to 1913 with the Federal Reserve Board coming into existence, all all being orchestrated by the Illuminati with the people at the top, the banksters, whatever you want to call them, and they fight with each other and kill each other sometimes, as we see in the Seth Rich situation. But not that he was a top dog, but he, again, I made the argument that he was connected based on the flip-flops of his family and so forth. But um, what I want to say quickly about Korea, okay? Korea, there is no possible way they would have nuclear weapons or would do any of this without the wink-wink of China, Red China, and the New York, London, and D.C. bankers and strategists that control Red China. Okay, now you say, well, what? wait, wait, how can you say that? Uh, communism, I'm just going to go through it real quick, and then we can come maybe another time, Robert, go over it more in depth, because this is critical. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it well, maybe we can question. schedule that for next week. Send me some information. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick, I just think about these facts. Uh, 
just take as a postulate, whether you agree with me or not, that communism is the police arm, the terror arm, the military arm of the international bankers that have the power to issue money, okay, and are this satanic dark spiritual force as well. And so communism is their police arm. Mao Zedong was educated in Moscow, and he came back in 1940s to lead communism in China when it was still not communist. He was given a lot of, uh, let's see, somebody's got their phone open, I think. I, it, it seems like there's a lot of static all of a sudden. Maybe people... Yeah, go ahead and yeah, mute your mic if you've got the background stuff going on. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Um, so, at any rate, so he comes back and the Moscow and the United States through Moscow is funding Mao Zedong and communism in 1946. And Shanghai Czech is leading free Chinese. The Secretary of State George Marshall under Truman said in 1946, I... Uh, disarmed Shanghai check with one stroke of a pen. That's a famous quote in history. It's covered by Senator Joseph McCarthy in his 90,000-word speech, which became the book America's Retreat from Victory. And so the Secretary of State of the United States says in the middle of that conflict, I have disarmed Shanghai check with the stroke of a pen. Shanghai check and free China were pushed into Taiwan. And now the communists, remember the police arm of the bankers, take over China. Then they kill 60 more, 64 million people in the next five years, according to most, uh, no, the next 20 years, according to estimates, okay? Now, what's going on here? The reason the bankers had their police arm, communism, take over China is they wanted to turn China into the biggest corporation in history with slave labor and near-slave labor. So when Nixon opened up China, which I think Nixon felt, well, he was being urged to do it, and he thought, well, they're one-fourth of the human race, we better have some relations with them to try to, you know, not let them get too hostile or whatever. So he opens up China, and now China becomes this big corporation run by the international bankers. The international bankers then move all of our jobs over there in the last 30 years. Pat Buchanan ran for president to try to stop that and failed. And now the, these factories in China are making all our products. So they moved all our jobs over there. They're making the products over there with the slave labor, bringing them back over here and selling them for 10 times the profit, okay? So China is the largest corporation in history run by the international bankers, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, the Fed, the IMF. I don't know if you ever heard it put that way, but think about that. Now, one other fact that happened that is not explainable without this theory being true, Douglas MacArthur in the Korean War was going to go in and knock out uh, North Korea and Mao Zedong and re- let Shanghai check make China free again in 1951 or so, 1952. I guess it was 1951. He's about to do this, and it's known he's about to do this, and Truman fires him. I don't know if you all, some of you, if you're older, you may remember hearing about it. Truman fires MacArthur and stops anybody from going in and knocking out Mao Zedong. And they said, he, well, MacArthur was subord- insubordinate. Well, he was insubordinate in trying to save the world from communism and a lot of these nightmares, and he should have went back and arrested Truman. And, and Truman was afraid he was going to do that. Truman went into hiding when MacArthur was coming back to D.C., although MacArthur, I don't think, ever thought of doing that and never did it. But Truman did go into hiding, afraid that MacArthur was going to come and arrest him because MacArthur was very popular. So why would the United States president, working for these bankers, fire MacArthur, who was about to knock communism out, because communism was their baby. 
communism was their police arm to subdue China and make it the largest corporation in history. Now, getting to North Korea, they always got some crisis that they can do, a false crisis, like false flag, like I believe 9-11 was, like I believe Sandy Hook was, and so forth. And Korea is one of those. So they got Korea now saber riding. I don't think they intended. I hope they don't t- intend to drop any nukes, but they might. They, they, they might pull that card someday. Uh, the thing I'm more worried about is, you know, people are incompetent. Maybe somebody will get out of hand. It's kind of amazing nobody's dropped a nuke since 1945. But I don't think they're going to drop a nuke. But I do think whether he intended it or not, when Trump said yesterday, if they keep threatening, they're going to face fire and fury. I don't know if Trump meant to scare the international bankers with that comment or not, but I think he did. And that I mean the top, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, the bankers don't want the nuclear war. They just want to waste Trump's time, waste his agenda till they can get him out of office. But by Trump responding like that, I think he actually scared the international bankers. And then since his comment, you hear him saying, oh, 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 you know, various people are saying, let's calm down now. They had all kinds of old uh, Bush and Bush Sr. and Clinton people on the air today saying, well, we got to calm oh, yeah, down McCain. now. Uh, and uh, Richard Cohen, was I can't remember his first name, Co- uh, Secretary of Defense Cohen. I think he was under Clinton. But my point is, is that I don't think they intend to drop a nuke, and I hope that nothing gets out of control. But this idea of Korea sable ratting, there is no, sable rattling. There is, my opinion, there is no possible way Korea would do that on the own without the green lighting from China, which Trump is hitting, and China would not do it without the green lighting from the people that set up these communists over there and are making them billionaires, as I think Cindy said, the international bankers who, uh, who, who have always controlled communist China from behind the scenes, not to say that the Chinese couldn't throw them off at some point and get fed up with them. But at the moment, uh, I won't go into it any further, but at the moment, most of China is owned by the bankers and their friends. They're the slave labor. As, as Cindy said, the people that cooperate with them are the dukes and the lords who be made millionaires and billionaires, but they're using the Chinese people as slave labor and near slave labor as the biggest corporation in history. And that's the reason the communists were sent in to take them over in 1946. And that's why the Korea thing is not real in the sense that it is not Korea all by itself. It's, it's a strategy to waste our time, to scare us, to scare, to waste Trump's time. And I hope, I sure hope things don't get out of hand. And I hope that the bankers don't decide to that if Trump's too far out of line to drop a nuclear bomb somewhere to to throw off his whole presidency. So anyway, Robert, thank you. That's my end of my comments on Korea. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it looks like uh, we lost uh, Joe's call. Uh, so of course we always want to thank Joe for coming to the show and. Hopefully, uh, I'll be sharing the link out with folks. And uh, I do see we got about uh, 10 minutes or so before I have to close things out. Uh, so we're going to do two things. One, uh, he did mention uh, a few times, Cindy, so if you want to make uh, some comments, go ahead. And then I do, real quickly, we won't have time to uh, uh, to talk much about it just because, unfortunately, the, the time, and we're definitely not going to be able to have an opportunity to uh, play the audio I had prepared for us for it. But that's okay. That's the organic nature of the show. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Cindy. And then we'll uh, – oh, we just lost Kelly. Darn it. Um, people are they're just dropping. I hate that. I'm sure I'll be getting a text from, from 
it's getting late. Or I'll be getting a text from Kelly. Uh, so let's go bring it back to you, Cindy, and then I got the article. And then, uh, unfortunately, I might have to start making some uh, some closing comments for tonight. But uh, Jim did reference uh, to you, so go ahead. Well, it's getting late, so that's why people are, like, dropping off, and I need to do that, too, as soon as I make my comment. Jim, I really appreciated all your comments, and uh, I hope you'll come back again and again um, give us more uh, information. Um, But I want to say, I don't know if anybody saw the CNN report that um, a a Russian MiG flew over our several of our you know, important buildings. I think it was today or yesterday. Anyway, um, they flew over the Capitol. They flew over the Pentagon and a couple other places. A mid? Yeah, yeah. And then it it pointed out that we actually have a treaty um, that, and I can't remember when, when it was in the 90s, this treaty was signed, 92, something like that. Anyway, um, there is actually a, a treaty, uh, open air treaty is what it's called, and uh, if they if they give uh, foreknowledge to the other, you know, if one country gives foreknowledge to the other country that they're coming and tell them exactly what they're going to fly over, they set up the, the flight pattern for them and they allow them to come over, and, and, and it's actually a, uh, like, okay, you can surveil me if I can surveil you. But here's the problem hmm. with that. <laughs> That's got to go. And I hope Trump has uh, woken up uh, with this because and I'm, <clears throat> I'm hoping that he saw this happening today and said to himself, whoa, this is going to have to stop. <laughs> This is worse than the TPP, you know. So um, we need to get rid of that um, that treaty altogether. We cannot have Russia saying, "Oh, we're going to come over and fly over today," and then they drop a bomb or they put a, they they you know set off one of those you know in air nuclear whatever that thing is right. the pulse the nuclear pulse thing. The electronic. I mean. Mm-hmm. It gives them every opportunity to do, yeah, to do whatever they want to our capital. You can't have that. I mean, if it was England that wanted to fly over us, I might consider that. But you can't have China and Russia and Korea. You can't have people like that flying over our our capital where they could just – those people don't – we're the only ones on the planet – that actually stick to a treaty and fulfill our treaties. Um, They don't. So I don't have any confidence whatsoever that they wouldn't just decide that, well, this is the day we're going to start the war, and um, we're going to start off by bombing Washington. So um, uh, that's got to go. That treaty's got to go. I mean, this was an CNN report. It's a CNN report. I'm, I always worry about the validity of reports from them. <laughs> right. So I'm going to do my research on that tomorrow um, to find out if that is really Yeah, give us an update. Cindy, can you hear me, Cindy? Sure. 
Yes, Sorry Jim, to interrupt go you. Ahead. I want to back. I want to back you up on this. Uh, this is Jim in Cincinnati. Um, it, okay. Right after 9/11, I think you can still find this on the internet. Right after 2001, 9/11, uh, mm-hmm. it was announced in the media that Russian planes were flying over the United States to help us, and George W. Bush, president at the time, of course, thanked them for doing it. Now, this. There's all kinds of different strands going, and the the powers that be, the Illuminati or whatever you want to call them, they wanted the United Nations by now to be the only army in the world, and all they would do is go around putting down insurrections. There would be no other armies. They didn't make it, okay? They didn't make what they wanted. So they've kind of Uh been trying to use our military for that in some ways. But part of the idea is to merge, not that they're, they're not doing this, they're not getting it done. But they want to, part of the things that they're in place in treaties is to merge the U.S. military with the Russian military, with the Chinese military, which, again, that's not working well for them. But there is such a treaty, I believe, and I believe you'll find that Bush thanked the Russians for flying over our country after 9-11 as if we kind of needed help with security because uh, whatever. <laughs> so I, I just want to back you up then. I just want to back you up. I think when you're researchers, you're going to find there is such a treaty, although it may not be the easiest thing to find. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's probably easy enough to find. You just, I just can't, I just don't trust anything CNN says, right? And I do seem to remember something of an open air treaty from a long time ago. So I, I do have that in well, the back of my memory. But what exactly it says and how it's, uh, how it is to be implemented I'd like to know that And um, I would like to know if Trump Has you know Noticed this happening And uh, you know Sees the danger Of this I mean we're we're living In a different kind of era um, And and uh, Not only Trump but we're t- We're talking about I mean An Iranian plane could fly over A well, you have to be a member of the treaty. I don't know that Iran is a mm-hmm. member of the treaty. I don't know whether North Korea is a member of the treaty. Um, the, the article wasn't that specific. So, uh, you know, there's a, some things we got to find out about it. But basically, you can't have Russian MiGs flying over our ca- our capital. That just has to stop. Um, there's <laughs> Well, there's just not much else to say about it. you got to stop that. But anyway, uh, it's just amazing what the what mm-hmm. these elite people, these Illuminatis, have done to us, and we're just now finding all this stuff out. I mean, this has been going on for decades, and and people have been just sleeping, and not just sleeping, but I guess they we've been um, in denial, and we we don't want to believe that something like that's going on, and so you tend to not investigate it because you don't want to find out the answer. And um, But I actually read Pat Robertson's two books back in the 1990s, and um, I've, been, I've been following this for ever since then. So, you know, but how do you get, you know, you, you try to talk to people about it, and they look like you, like, they look at you like you're from Mars. You're green. You have like you feel like you have black helicopters flying over your house. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing my my tin my, foil hat. my hat, my tinfoil hat, and my, anyway. So um, that's my final word. I I just 
I think that's something that needs to be addressed sooner or later. And speaking of final word, I'm going to go ahead and just, um, well, because it's on, it's on the docket for the night. And then uh, I don't even know if we'll be able to take closing comments uh, this evening, unfortunately. But, man, as it says, definitely one of those shows we could have done a fourth hour. But uh, this one, uh, again, is an article that can be found in other articles on the Bard's Logic Political Talks newsroom page. Uh, and this is perjury. Loretta uh, Lynch lied under oath, told Trey Gowdy she only uses official email. And perhaps we can continue this next week. Uh, and and yeah, definitely, Jim, uh, send me some emails. So I'd definitely like to uh, expand on our conversation you had uh, tonight so we could at least do a full hour on next week um, with what you were discussing with, you know, the links with uh, North Korea and things of that nature. I think that'd be, you know, very timely. Uh, but here it says, uh, on Friday, internetsleuthkim.com dropped a bomb on Twitter. To, <clears throat> excuse me. Kim posted an email Friday showing Loretta Lynch using an alias. <clears throat> you guys may have heard about this using an alias to contact DOJ officials. Uh, the Department of Justice released hundreds of emails to the American Center for Law and Justice this week <laughs> Excuse me. in the investigation of former uh, Attorney General Lynch's secret meeting with former President Bill Clinton. One email shows Loretta Lynch hiding her identity, identity from Department of Justice officials. It says Melanie Newman from the Department of Justice leaked it in the email, and A.G. Lynch, uh, Elizabeth Carlisle, then responded to a thanks to all who worked on this. And you can see uh, the emails on the article from the website. Uh, here is Kim.com's tweet, and, and then it goes uh, – now read this. It says Reddit, the Donald user, discovered that Loretta Lynch used her grandmother's maiden name – Lizzie Carlisle as her alias. Loretta's grandmother's name is Lizzie Carlisle Harris. Uh, Loretta's mother's name is Lorraine uh, Harris Lynch. Uh, Harris, her death certificate, you can see that on there. And it says, Kim.com asked readers to find out more on Lynch's alias. Uh, Elizabeth Carlisle, uh, it looks like the deep state, there's that term, forgot to cover up uh, and the emails they released to the ACLJ. And so it's a short article, but definitely check that out, especially uh, where it's got the uh, the different emails and, and Twitter or tweets out there. Uh, but I do see that uh, we are reaching the end of the show, unfortunately. Uh, each person literally has uh, not even quite a minute for closing thoughts uh, for tonight before I have to close things out. So what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, – and thank you for your patience, John. Now bring put John in for his closing comments, the new uh, Cindy, and then – uh, you, Jim, and then unfortunately I have to close things out. Man, I don't even know if we each have a uh, a minute. So how about 30 seconds to close things out, and then I'll have to uh, – or for closing thoughts, and I'll have to close things out. Go ahead, John. Just give John yeah. my minute. Okay, I don't so, need my minute. Go, go ahead, give John. it to John. Well, that's okay. Go ahead, John. Then, uh, uh, well, let me get it over with real quick. I just hope and pray that person that can hear this show understands that the bare bones basic of truth and, and trust is what we're struggling with. And as long as we that consider ourselves the good guys use the same tactics and techniques that the bad guys supposedly use in order to divide us or to alienate us, then we're actually no better than them, and we're just aiding and abetting our own self-destruction. Great show, great perspectives. 
appreciate it. Hope everybody comes back next week. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and then uh, we appreciate it, uh, John. Appreciate you coming on uh, as you do each week. And let's go ahead in ju- just about uh, a minute, Jim, and then I have to close things out. I'll be less than a minute. Um, I, for, to back, if anybody wants to research in the next week some of the stuff I said, two books, Again, May God Forgive Us by Robert Welch, who was the founder of the John Birch Society, which is a much maligned organization. So his book is Again, May God Forgive Us about the betrayal of China, Robert Welch, and America's Retreat from Victory, which is a 90,000-word speech by Senator Joseph McCarthy around 1951 that was put into the book America's Retreat from Victory about the betrayal uh, as of uh, Secretary of State George Catlett Marshall. So those two books, if anyone wants to do any research, there's a ton of information about that, about what led up to the current situation of uh, communist China and communist North Korea. Thanks a lot, Robert. And you got a, again, you've got a good, good, good group of guests here. Well, well, thank you very much, Jim. And looking forward to getting that information because I definitely want to uh, expand on on this conversation next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that scheduled. And so, of course, uh, thank you, everyone. I will have to close things out. Uh, join us next week, and then also uh, visit uh, the website at com. Try to uh, download each episode also on your mobile device on iTunes. If you have any troubles with that, just send me an email, and I'll look more into that for you. And you can reach me at the contact page on www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So I will win tonight, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn, which you can also in the archive hear my interview with her. And you can also hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Thank you very much, folks. Good night. Take care. We'll see you next time. Good night. Mm-hmm.